reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver. Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Youssef. I'm Kevin Christie. Car time. Car time. Yeah. Car talk. Dudes talking cars. Dudes talking vehicles. Gearheads. Gear, um, <laughs> we did one last year about rubber going dudes. We're going to the auto show. <laughs> um, but this one, our buddy Ryan O'Neill. Um, if you ever listen to Ari Shafir's podcast, yeah. uh, he's done, he's been on that a bunch. He's the a Danish and O'Neill episode is one of the best Ari's podcasts of Ari's I've ever heard. It was yeah, they do amazing. all the stories about working at the yeah. store and all that. Yeah. Um, so they're funny guys, comedians, writers. They did uh, Daddy Knows Best with Steve Renazizi that you can watch on YouTube. Yep. Uh, super cool dudes. But Ryan and I used to work at the comedy store together, and we used to always talk cars and all that shit. Yeah. And we were like, let's do one where we just fucking talk about like cool cars and yeah, dream like what, cars. What cars you like? First cars you thought were cool. What made yeah. you like cars? You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. I had no. He knows a ton. I he mean, knows you, a lot. I'm always surprised you. you you're super nerdy about this. Yeah. And, and but he is be- above and beyond. Cause yeah, he's yeah. like, as you'll hear when you listen to the episode, he wanted to race cars. Yeah. Like indie fucking open wheel, like racing. Yeah. You know, so he was like super into it. But so yeah, we used to always talk about our favorite cars and I saw this deal because you live in LA, you see like the craziest shit, yeah. which fascinated him, Ryan, when he moved from Indiana. But but yeah, this is like an hour of mostly that. We talk a little comedy store Christmas party stuff and in the beginning, but then we get into cars largely, and then at the end we talk about fucking guns. <laughs> I guess if you're talking about cars, I guess yeah, guns have to yeah, somehow yeah, yeah, yeah. show up. But Ryan's had an interesting, interesting life in Indiana, so like you know, cars and guns and fucking all this insane shit is just kind of a part of it. But yeah, um, yeah, it's a pretty straightforward episode. So if you're into cars, you'll probably like it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know a ton about cars, and I can still listen to like stuff. Like, I, it's just anything someone's super nerdy about. Yeah, it which makes you want to be like, like "What the are Hello they talking thing? about? Like, what is this car? Why is it so significant?" Then you look it up. Yeah, you know, like I wanted to know. And cars look fucking amazing, dude. Like really cool cars. Even if you're like, oh, I don't know what you're talking, what that even means. Like the inner workings. You just yeah. look at it and you go, "That's really nice to look at for like a minute." Yeah, for real. They're um, they're just like unbelievable. Yeah, where, I don't know. Where are you gonna be this week? Uh, I'm nowhere this week, man. I'm I'm in Los Angeles. What's today? The 14th. Yeah, I'm in LA. Um, I'll be at the store a few nights. I'm doing some show in Manhattan Beach. It's actually pretty good. It's called Ponchos. Okay. Um, it's like in the middle of Manhattan Beach, but um, it's actually a pretty good show. I've done it a few times. Um, and then I'm going to see Ryan Adams on Thursday at oh, the cool. Wiltern. Yeah. Cool. He is the fucking shit, dude. That's cool. Uh, and then at the end of December, the 26th, 27th, 28th, I'm at the San Francisco Punchline, me and Ron Funches. Oh, cool. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so come to that if you live up in the Bay Area. God damn it. Um, the only thing, I, December 30th, I'm at UCB, JC Coakley, and yeah. Which one? Uh, Franklin. Okay. The normal one. The OG one? The OG That's one. That's what I'm going to call that one. It's me and Byron Bowers and JC. Oh, nice. She's doing like a long set. Me and Byron are on too, so it should be fun. Oh, that'll be cool. I think it's at like 11. Nice. December 30th. December 30th. Good. If you live in LA and you don't go anywhere for the holidays, there's comedy still happens. Yeah. Like a lot of people ask me like, are clubs open on Christmas? I'm like, yeah, fucking all of, all of them are pretty much, maybe not all the of improv on Christmas Day, but 
The Comedy Store Christmas Day Eve New Year's Day Yeah Elon Gold does like a Christmas Eve thing At the Laugh Factory Yeah You see Beale have stuff So like if you don't have shit to do Go see comedy Yeah like a lot of comics will still be in town, and it's like not good sad. Show. You think it is? It's not. It's actually a lot it's of fun. people. It's like going to the movies. A lot of people are just like, "Oh, cool, let's do this at night." Yeah, those the people that are there are like, "We don't want to be sad at home, so let's go out and have fun." Yeah, exactly. They end up being good. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll keep it short. Enjoy this episode with the very funny Ryan O'Neill. Earthquakes of doubt and remorse assail him, impale him with monster truck force. In his mind, he's still driving, still making the grade. She's hoping in time that her memories will fade. Okay, so we're going to talk about Christmas because it's literally a week away. Right. Or a week and a half, right? Right. Whatever. Um, So we're talking about the Comedy Store Christmas Party. It's routinely... It's tonight. Okay. Well, tonight being Sunday. Which... I, I had no idea, and I haven't known about it for they've the past never three been, years. They've never been good at, like, putting the word out. It used right. to be Yousef and I, we'd have to call people. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I remember Christmas getting party. the occasional call... But they would sometimes find out, like, we're like, hey, when's the Christmas party? They're like, oh, yeah, we got to figure that out. And then it would be two days later. Yeah. Yeah. And then so. the real losers who the comedy <laughs> store wanted to distance themselves from, yeah. they would call in and ask when it was. Oh, yeah. Like before, thinking that we somehow were, like, dodging them and not giving them a call to tell them the party was on. Yeah. Like Steve Pearl. and all. This is the yeah. old school guys. Yeah, yeah. Hey, did the Christmas party happen yet? We're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Like, well, dude, what you time is it start here in like six years? Yeah, and they'd show up early. Like if you wanted to actually eat the food there, would well, they only buy like one platter? Like, yeah, it would be. They'd always go to Cantor's. Yeah, there'd be like three slices of corned beef. And they, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't it be like like halfway through, someone would realize they were out of food, so then it'd be like. Mitzi got everyone pizza, you guys. Everyone thanked <laughs> yeah, Mitzi. And she wasn't there. But everyone would go, thanks, Mitzi, to this person that wasn't there. And it was like, there's no way she was like, order pizza. Like, yeah, yeah. She's just like, hey, Domino's, it's me. Yeah. It was like she had no idea the there. party was happening. Yeah. Probably. Dude. No. She, during, remember when Hurricane Katrina happened, Mitzi called the comedy store. And said that they were like looting L.A. because it said New Orleans, L.A. Oh, as in yeah. Louisiana. Yeah, and she's like, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah. so I don't. Think I mean, she was- the the few comedy store Christmas parties I've been to had a level of sadness that was like that should be a documentary. Like someone should do a documentary about it. Kind yeah. of when comedy yeah. goes wrong, where you were just yeah. like, who are you'd think like, oh, my friends will be there, and it's like they weren't. And it was like people you didn't know who didn't know you. So there was this like divide of like people, yes. comics that I'd never really met or maybe heard of that were like, who the fuck are you? And I was like, I don't know who the fuck are you, dude? Like, like I'm a new failure. You're an old failure. Like it was just yeah. like, no, neither one of us are. It was like a real standoffish environment. Yeah. Between, people like, who people had just... no right to judge anyone were judging each other. Yeah. That's also to be fair. Every party that's like comic heavy, any yeah. party where it's a lot of comedians, it's super weird for a while. Well, everyone goes to their own group, and they yeah. just all stand in the corner and look at the other groups, and then yeah. be like, who the fuck are these guys? Yeah. yeah, you have to be told who those dudes are. Like, oh, that guy's got a deal here. Then you're like, okay, I Oh, guess. he's cool. Maybe I'll go up and yeah. talk to that him. That guy yeah. books that show. All right, well, I'm going to go say hi to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's just oh, waiting. The last good uh, Christmas party was, remember the one where you poured your drink on Johnny Zapp? Uh, that, on his was head? That during a Christmas party? Yeah. That was the Christmas party. <laughs> oh, I thought that was just a random night. No, like, and then the he thought I did it, 
Yeah. And I was standing around the corner. Next thing you know, he comes around the corner, starts choking me. I remember that. And then I got him in a tie plum and had his head down. And Jeff runs in as if you're ready to knee him in the fucking stomach. <laughs> Dude, that's so hilarious. Christmas um, parties are sad. That's so funny. <laughs> I think all of those would end in like destruction because I think at the end of all of them, we always ended up taking whatever food was left over and, and just, just throwing, throwing it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It would always be food it. fights. There was like one year where we all decided to play beer pong. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. We just that took the tables right. in the main room and just put them together and got oh. red cups and like. Was that post? Because remember that one Fourth of July at Ranazizi's where we played beer pong? Yeah, this was like years after that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that. Oh, was that the one when he lived off of Willoughby and Spalding? Yeah, yeah, that was the one where we got him the pinata. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the day I bought this house. Really? Yeah, like that long ago. Yeah, it was that long ago, and like they, uh, I remember because like Laura was, she wasn't, she was like screaming at me about like how we had to get this house, and I was like, I don't really give a shit, and she was like, No, you had like it was one of those things where like I had to call the realtor and like change the offer on Fourth of July. Yeah, it was some shit like that. But I remember like just being like, Ah, beer pong's fun. I don't even drink. But I kept having to like leave and walk down the driveway and like get on the phone. Okay. Yeah, I just remember oh, Ellis. I do remember you were a little stressed out there. Yeah, Ellis was playing beer pong with like Eliza, and Eliza like hadn't been around that long, and Ellis clearly had like the hots for her. Yeah, and it was like you could see him trying to like work game. Yeah. But I think her, she was clearly like meeting Brett Ernst for the first time. Was like Ellis. This is you're not. This is this not. This isn't your day, my friend. Because she was like, that's playing. like the senior coming in and like kicking the <laughs> yeah. freshman out of the way. She was playing beer pong with Ellis and just shitting on him the entire time, like having fun. But I was like, dude, you're not going to turn this around. She clearly isn't. But Ellis is still friends with her yes, after yeah, all true. these years. Yeah, yeah. he still yeah, yeah. has that. <laughs> <laughs> they still can still friendship. get together and play beer pong Wait, that, whenever. Fourth of July is Razizi's birthday. So what was that? His nineteenth yeah. birthday? <laughs> Maybe according to him. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I just, just turned 19. 19. His age has shifted so many times. <laughs> I can't say anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, why? No, just because I... Rizizi and Jeff and I do a lot of stuff together. So I, don't uh, I just yeah. don't have any idea how old he actually is. I literally don't know. I uh, One time he told me how old he was, and then I go, let me see your license. Show me the license, and it was like... It was wrong. I got to do your lie to my face. Yeah. <laughs> and then you showed me the hey, license. Nick, hey, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and it doesn't if he matter was like, now. he'll be younger than his son. That's the like, thing. He's so, no, it doesn't, like, he's so successful now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't but matter. I also, don't. yeah, it's like he's not, he, he wasn't really even lying about his age. I just know our that. age gap changed. Like after it was like, I thought it was like four or five years and then it was like three one year and then it was like two. And I was like, what the fuck's going on over here? Yeah. I think in the, I think everyone in their 20s when they're out here kind of holds on to their 20s until they're like mid 30s. And they're like, who gives a fuck? See, I, I accidentally put my age on my IMDb, so I couldn't. It was done and you can't get that shit off of it. So it was like, oh, it's also now harder than ever to lie. It's like, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's there's easier all that to figure out it out than ever. Yeah. yeah. But for a while, you could get away with it. So people the only man it. who's. Uh, accomplished that is Ari. Like, Ian there's Edwards like, there's too. Guestimations on how old. Yeah, Ian Edwards. No one knows how old. And Ian Leslie is. Jones. Oh, oh cool. yeah. Well, Ari doesn't lie about his age. Uh, you can't find it online though. You can find like people estimate it's between like seventy three and seventy five. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I feel like that the store's Christmas party. It's probably the just as bad as every company Christmas party. 
I don't know. I man. mean, unless you, you know, work for like some Silicon Valley tech firm that has. You really like, think like dudes who don't work there anymore come back for the Christmas party? What I'm saying, employees that everyone hated. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is like there's just like bad things at every company. I, you know yeah. what? You know, I, when I sold cars when I was like 19. Yeah, those were the best Christmas parties ever. Why? One time we went to like a horse track. Yeah. And oh. they gave us like a bunch of money to gamble with. Oh wow. And like everyone was wasted what? and there was like a 19-year-old fucking uh receptionist there that I was banging and like yes. it was wow. just it was bliss. I was drunk out of my mind and all the dudes were like 30 and I was 19 so they like loved it. They're like this is great. They just like live vicarious through me. They're like you're fucking the receptionist. You're drunk out of your mind. You don't have to do anything tomorrow. Yeah. It's <laughs> unbelievable. What? Now, did what? you sell cars? At yeah. that age? When I was, uh, I didn't go to college until I was 21. Okay. So when I got out of high school, I decided I was going to pursue uh, ra- car racing. Okay. And so I was selling cars to fund my Skip Barber uh, Midwestern series. Oh. Racing. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. What kind of racing did you want to do? Like NASCAR? I wanted to be open wheel. Oh, yeah. Formula One. You know the guy, Ryan Hunter Ray, won the Indianapolis 500, and he, I think he won the Indy Championship last year. I used to race against that guy. Oh, no wow. way. But that dude was like, that dude had been racing go-karts since he was a little kid, and like his family would camp out at the track with like a half million dollar RV. Like, oh, wow. The dude was like, the family had invested like everything in this kid's What? And and he was a phenom. Yeah, like, he was a phenom. As like a, I guess you don't always consider racing an athletic thing, but is there like that in the weir- in the way you'll see someone who's just a better athlete than you? You're like that guy's faster, that guy's stronger. What's the kind of X factor in someone just being a better racer? Is it starting early, or is there something there? There is starting early, but there are guys that have started later. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Ray Hall, Cole Trickle. He started he later in his life. Like some guys just have uh, you. I mean. There is that natural ability to like feel what a car can do, but also also athleticism though has something to do with it because like you need to be in good shape. Yeah. Like some of these dudes, like at the beginning of like a NASCAR season, their neck will get like an inch bigger. Yeah. From constantly like having yeah. to support it. That's Interesting. Crazy. And I mean, also being in good shape helps you focus and like you know. Yeah, there's never been like a super fat NASCAR driver like who just like gets out of a car and it's hiking up. I mean, there there are are some. What about the dude that just killed the guy? He's kind of fat. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. What's his name? What is his Uh, name? Which guy is that? He just ran a dude over at a track like a couple months, and then he got off, which was bullshit, dude. He was, and that guy's notorious for track aggression. People don't like him. The fuck is his name? Bobby, Billy, yeah, Johnny, Slappy, <laughs> Randy. Well, anyway, uh, well, I think everyone knows. But he's Brian. fat. Yeah, yeah, he's a little doughy. I would say that the athleticism in like Formula One and IndyCar is much. One, you have to be thin because everything oh, comes down car, to weight yeah. on those cars. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, if you've ever gone indoor karting, like your arms, if you do it constantly, and your arms will be sore if you're not right. used to it. Yeah. But yeah, I think all those guys are in pretty phenomenal shape. Yeah, they must be. Like, it's crazy that Michael Schumacher, like, survives his entire Formula One career and then ends up getting in a skiing accident and is now, you know, like, gonna have brain damage for the rest that's, of his yeah, life. That's oh, always really? like the you spend all your life doing insanely dangerous yeah. shit and then you get into like a car accident or a skiing accident and then it's over. Yeah, it's tough. It's insane. Um, but, so, how long did you want to do that for? 
I mean, I've I've always been in the cars like my whole life. No, no, but how long were you oh. like I'm going to pursue like race? Oh well, racing. I did until I realized the financial it's aspect ins- of it. It seems insane. It's fucking insane. Yeah. And there was uh, when I would race there, there were guys whose kids, guys that were professional racers, whose kids would come in there. And I remember one guy telling me, he's like, "Look, man, like just make money doing something else and then come back to this." He's like, "I spend like three million dollars." He was like. Super successful, but he's like, I spend. He raced in like the twenty four hours of Le Mans and like uh, yeah. Sebring, twelve hours Sebring, shit like that. Right. And he's like, I spend like two to three million dollars a year of my own money just to fucking race. What? Well, I remember that there was that real world in England, and there was a yeah. guy who wanted to race, and he yep. could. It was all about like getting money. He needed like a hundred grand crazy. to That's just easily hundred yeah. grand. And and he was like, oh, back home, my family. You know, he had like a. I think he came from like kind of a wealthy family. Yeah. But yeah, the amount. I mean, you need a I still. I just car. looked that guy up like six months ago to see what he's doing. He's working in some like office position on like a racing team now. I think. Right. Wow. Because yeah, he didn't have the money. So the guy that would spend two or three million dollars a year, did he make any of that back in Dude, that year? Nobody's making money. Like, there's very few guys. There's a lot of guys in Indy and Formula One that are just super loaded that basically just pay to drive, and you could rent. Like, you'd be shocked. You can, if you have the money, you can get a seat on like a shitty IndyCar team. Really? I mean, you know, there's that, there's a large field and there's guys in the back. You have no fucking idea who they are. So it's like a a bringer show in a way. (laughs) Yeah, more or less. There's a weird, there's a few guys in NASCAR that in some races, if you just, if you qualify and you do a certain number of laps, you'll get the bare minimum Uh to race. So there's like a handful of guys that you'll see in the back of the pack in the beginning of a race that have no sponsorship. And they just love racing, so then they'll do whatever the five laps that they have to do, and then they'll say they had to retire due to like some sort of mechanical malfunction, Uh and then they'll make like twenty grand, which is the bare minimum. And maybe it only costs them ten grand to get the car ready and qualify. Whoa! So they make like ten. And some tracks, I think there may be like a thirty or forty thousand dollar like last place purse crazy so but guys are like i just like to race and I, I can't afford to race with the big boys so like yeah. i make a hundred grand a year just stressful because yeah. you know if your fucking car breaks or you accidentally get crashed on like the first i think if i was yeah. those dudes i'd just go around and be like take payoffs to knock people out i'd be like give me 10 <laughs> gr- who do you want out of this race homie yeah. like you want jeff gordon i'm sure out? there's probably shit like that going like, on i go after gordon lap one that car's demolished you, you see this. a guy that's just like yeah. Swerving back and forth the whole time. They're like, is he drunk? Tony Stewart. That's yeah. the fact. That is the yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I've, I'm like, hey, Tony Stewart, you're you're two points behind him. Give me a hundred grand. He doesn't make it to the second lap. I guarantee you. There's. I mean, there have been teammates, you know, that like do crazy blocking, yeah, and yeah, they have been accused yeah. of like, you know, maybe taking a guy. It's out like and that stuff. in cycling too. Yeah, yeah. Where they get like, I mean, crazy on each other. But yeah, there's in racing too. I had uh, one of my good friends went to college with uh, one of the Benton House. Uh, they're like big Indy car guys. Yeah, like his uncle, I think lost his arm in the Indy 500. His dad wow. raced in the Indy 500, and he told his kid, he's like, "You're not gonna get into racing. Like, we're, I'm not gonna let you race." Just I think his grandfather died racing. It was a whole like that's weird. I wonder if it's easier for families to get into it because the money's already there, and then you oh, can't yeah. start young. You're within. also like a legacy, so it's probably easy to get sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. Like an Andretti, you know. I mean, right. that guy. He his father has a team. I mean, his grandfather's a fucking legend. Yeah. yeah. And there's money in it. You know what I mean? It's just like uh, you know. I mean, it's the same in Hollywood. It's like 
if you do have family members in business, they can pull certain strings and they have certain connections that other people don't. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, the amount of money that it takes to get up that ladder that you have to put out before you get any back is insane nowadays. It's got to be low millions. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's guys that are spending like 300 grand on their kids' carting careers. Just wow. like shifter carts, like 125 shifter carts. So that's the ultimate rich man sport, it turns out. Oh yeah, because when it's, they say like, oh, golfing. What about like, like I'm, I feel like like low end yacht racing too. You probably oh, like, dude, right, that's yeah. probably even worse. You need the boat, and yeah. then you're like paying to get in the race. You're not. I mean, what's the purse on like one of those fucking races? Probably <laughs> that you don't die. Yeah, like, you, you just get like yeah. the honor of meeting some fucking shitty dignitary, yeah, but you're yeah. all loaded. That's like the the billionaires' sports. Yeah, that's probably that's, that's got to be sport. way more than ra- even yeah, though they say nice. racing. The, the saying is the best way to make a small fortune in racing is to start with a big one. <laughs> right because there's plenty of dudes who've bankrupted themselves off of yeah racing man tim allen had a racing team for a second yeah there's uh, craig t nelson was like a good racer yeah wow. gene hackman was a decent racer and paul newman paul newman was a great racer yeah. it's so weird how they get into that i guess it's if just you have the have, money yeah they have all that money and they're into cars they're like i could do this now yeah, it's either like become a pilot or yeah, like, there's a lot of guys to do that. Yeah. There's some, there's some like serious talent. Like I, I follow some of these kids that come up, and you know, some of them just give it up. They say right, the saying too is that like the best racer in the world right now is working at McDonald's because he can't afford to race. Right. So I mean, it's it's a tough, tough thing because there's only how many seats are there in professional racing, honestly? And that it's yeah, just not the a car. Lot. The car is fucking insane. Yeah, it's not like it used to be. It used to be like cars the performance from like a street car to a race car wasn't like as extreme as it is now yeah yeah they're two totally different worlds yeah to where like i mean you couldn't even dream of putting a car like a a track car on a street to drive at all oh yeah yeah like it would be illegal there's there's cars you can buy off the showroom floor that will whip like 60s and 70s formula one cars yeah 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 like whip him on a track. Remember in Days of Thunder when he's talking to the car? <laughs> yeah. I fucking love that movie so much. And he's like, I'm going to shave down this and you're just going to... I was like, yeah, man, talk to the frame. Talk to the frame of that car. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that in the theater. I was like, this is the greatest movie. I saw it movie twice and I thought that movie was so good. I thought racing was all about like, oh, he just has to floor it now. <laughs> like, oh, wait, he just been... He's only been like halfway down to the throttle. He just, yeah. Because it was he, like the minute he wanted to pass, he's just like, oh, I'm going to floor it now. And I'm just going to blow by. It was about drafting a little, rubbing his racing, and floor it. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was just all about him saying to himself, I can floor it now and I can pass everybody. <laughs> yeah. It was such a bunch of bullshit. It was like, and then he was just like blowing people away. Yeah. On one lap, he was passing like 10 cars, and he got to the top. He was just like sandbagging the whole Yeah, in one turn, he'd take out like eight people who were for some like, <laughs> who forgot to floor it. Like, oh, man, we didn't yeah. know we could go 180. We're Wait, all stuck. This guy's flooring it now? I didn't yeah. know we were allowed to floor it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Can I talk to a marshal and find out if flooring it's cool? <laughs> Wait, I didn't know the pedal went all the way down. <laughs> yeah. All the way down to the metal? Wait, pedal. Holy He's shit. got an illegal pedal. <laughs> Somebody inspect Cole Trickle's car because his pedal's going down further than mine. <laughs> Dude, that movie was fucking sweet. 
Oh yeah, and they they filmed it at like real. They did some real races. Like, Tom Cruise, not dope. Tom Cruise racing, dude. But. He was dope in that movie. At the beginning, when he's like, doesn't want to let me lose, use his car. And he's just packing it up. He's like, wait, I wait, wait, that wait. Movie since I was like a little kid. I, I saw it twice in the theater. I love how the guy's like, I have no mechanical knowledge. Like Tom Cruise, like I, I couldn't explain to you what the car's doing. He's like, when you say it's 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 running loose, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like who does it? Anybody fucking drives? You're like, you know yeah. what it's like, doing. Watching the movie, I was like, loose makes sense to me, and I, yeah. I don't even have a license. <laughs> you're like. Is it understeering? Is it oversteering? <laughs> like, what's going on here? There's really not that much shit that can be going on in the car. Yeah. He's still rubbing. <laughs> rubbing is racing. Remember when we used to race? Yeah. What? We used to race back from the comedy yeah. store. Because we both lived in Los Feliz. Oh. And we would leave the store and it would be like two after two. Yeah. So the streets were kind of empty and we would just fucking race just our cars down, down, down sunset. The other yeah. night, I'm. Um, Turning right, and we both drove shitty Toyotas. <laughs> yeah, like, we're not we're even talking special cars. We're like, <laughs> we're like blowing by nice cars and shit. Oh yeah. The other night, I'm turning onto Los Feliz Boulevard to get on the freeway, and I'm at the light, and a dude next to me is in like, he like a customized, probably like Mitsubishi Spider, you know, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm just sitting there, and I kind of just look at his car, and he looks over at me and gives me like the let's do this look. <laughs> And like he revs his engine, yeah. and I'm just like, I drive a Volvo station wagon, dude. Like, and then he <laughs> yeah. just burns it, like, wow. And I was like, what the fuck did you think was gonna go down? Like, no, 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 tonight's the night. Oh, dude, it's too crazy to do that shit now. If you get pulled over drag racing, it's like a huge fine. It driving. probably was when we used to do. Oh it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was driving it's on the 210 once, and a BMW tore by me, going 120. Yeah, like I'm doing. We're all doing sixty, and like a B, you know, a two, whatever the two door Beamer, the three twenty five new one, just is where you could hear it coming, and then it went by, and like everyone, it it, it passed slow down because we were like, oh, that's fucking insanely <laughs> yeah. dangerous. And then a half mile later, right at the Raymond exit to go to Pasadena, the dude fucking wrecked. Like he oh, spun shit. out, uh-huh. hit the wall. He didn't hit another car. I think he just lost control and hit the wall. And they were what already out of the car, like, hugging each other, like, bro, we're okay. Oh, and I was it. like, I'm glad you're not dead. I'm also so glad you crashed your car. Yeah. Now you don't That's get the to problem do with that cars anymore. today, man, is they're too fucking fast. And these all these idiots buy them, and they have no idea how to control these things. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I never I, wanted a fast car. I, I mean, I loved the, muscle cars, but I never was like, oh, I just liked the way they looked. I never was like, oh, like, I almost bought a 71 Hemi Cuda. In high school, I'd saved up. Dude, two. you should have. Do you know what those things were no, going for a few yeah, years ago? I think it would be worth like 50 grand right but, Oh, no, dude. The heavy Kudas? Like a, a legit heavy Kuda? I mean. They were crossing the auction block, like all numbers matching. Like see, there's no. This one six was like. High six figures. This what? one was this there's one no, was definitely been worked on. It had okay. no headliner. Like, and my dad. Probably still go for 50 grand. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. at the time, my dad was like, you don't know how to change a tire. Like, you can't right. have an old car. <laughs> he literally was like, if you buy that car, I won't help you pay for college. Because, yeah. I, I mean, literally, I had no business having an old car. If you can't work on an old car, no, you need to what would it. happen is it would break down once. You wouldn't be able to afford to fix it. I'd and then it would it. just sit there, and then you'd sell yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like 2300 bucks. It was purple. Four-barrel. Oh, it was, you know, four, like a, whatever the engine was, a four-barrel carburetor. thing was fucking looked tough as shit. It was in, like, the auto trader. Oh yeah, you're fucked. A twenty three hundred dollar <laughs> yeah. muscle car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going. I mean, to be fair, yeah. this was nineteen ninety three. Oh yeah. So, but like, but I back just, then in the, in the early they were 90s, still worth you, a lot. But you could also get like you could get some pretty sweet deals on Dude, muscle cars. You could get a sixty six Mustang for like five grand. You yeah. could get uh, and and sixties Camaros, Dodges and shit like weren't eight? weren't that hot at the time. 
Like, yeah. So, I mean, the cars that were expensive were still like 57 Chevys were really expensive, but you could get like a 70 Nova for nothing, like two grand, two, three grand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, those weren't like anything special, really. No. But like the, the thing with Mustangs and even kind of Bel Airs, and there were so fucking many of them. Yeah. That like they, yeah. you could get one for under yeah. five grand because yeah. they were just a dime a dozen. And nobody yeah. wanted them because no one wanted to work and on them. And not even the Bel Air, but like if you were okay with like a Chevy Biscayne or the 210, yeah. which looked like a Bel Air. Right. But you could fucking get that for almost, no, or a four door. Like those were everywhere. The I'd, hard ones were like the Shelbys and the, um, yeah. Like the special, ed- any special like, edition, like Mustang. a Mustang GT three fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. always expensive. Yeah. Cobras yeah. were always Cobras. crazy. Even if it was a sixty four and a half, like that was hard to find, just because it was like the first one. Oh, right. like the two eighty, the one with the two eighty nine in it. Yeah, no, the two eighty nine was the standard one. All of them had the two eighty nine. But then the four twenty seven came out. What sixty six? Sixty seven? I don't know. And then those, but even those though, back then were. You know, uh, low six figures. Now they're like a million bucks. That's right. fucking crazy. Dude, they weren't even low six figures then. Like a crazy, exp- like a rare Mustang then was like 30 Oh, you're talking grand. about, oh, I thought about the Cobras. I'm saying oh, yeah, you no, get Cobras, Cobras for like 300 totally, grand or so. There was a girl in our oh, town. Oh, rare Mustangs are like fucking always been crazy. Yeah. There was yeah. a girl in our town. Her last name was McDonald and their family was super rich. And I went to her house once for like a school project. And her dad had a Cobra and a Pantera uh, and a GT350 with the stripes. And I was just like, holy what? shit like they were was loaded. that guy <laughs> i don't know i think th- i don't know why they were rich but they were rich and and her dad's collection i mean i, I seeing a pantera in la crescenta was like what how'd Pantera's, you get a pantera that's oh, right you guys grew up out here so you had like the mecca of fucking cars uh, on a yeah. sunday you would see if you were driving on a freeway not every sunday but some because it was the suburbs yeah. like you would be driving on the two or something and there'd be like a classic car auto club it'd be like seven cars that yeah. were like you know, it would be a Ferrari, oh, a Lamborghini, crazy. some kind of like old Porsche, an old Mustang, just that's, cruising down the street. Well, in Burbank, you had this. There's a big club called the Road Kings, and they're the ones that would like f- they fill Bob's big boy up every Friday with like their yeah. old cars. They're like a charitable thing, and they kind of sponsor a lot of the local car shows. Okay. So there was always every you know every street growing up had someone with an old car. Yeah. Like See. I I just rolled up on some dude. He had this like. Like, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, like a Model T or something. Oh, yeah. And, like, I was just like, hey, can I take a picture of the tires? And he was like, let's go for a ride. Like, he was just stoked. Someone <laughs> asked. So, yeah. next thing I know, we were, like, driving around. But Dad drove a Model T from Missouri to Indiana. Wow. What? When? He bought one. Like, uh, he was probably, like, early 20s. Whoa. Yeah. That's a, my dad had a Mustang that he always regretted getting rid of. He has 65. And he's like, I, dear God. And I was like, why don't you just buy another one? They're $5,000. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> Wait, how the fuck did he... I mean, it made it from Missouri to Indiana? Yeah. I mean, they're, they, they're slow as shit, but there's not that many moving parts on them. That's yeah. the thing. A 289... That's why they're still around. There's a yeah. ton of them around. Well, you open the hood on a 289, no, you can see a, the ground. A, he's talking about a Model T. Yeah. No, but those engines are... But yeah, they're old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the old cars didn't have like a lot of shit. If you if you had a little bit of knowledge on how to work on it, you could keep those things on the road. That's just amazing that he was able to drive it that far. Because how long did that fucking take? Those things went oh, like it took like days. 18 miles an hour. I think the top end on it's like 42 or something yeah. like that. So you just take country roads all the way home. Yeah. Wow. A different time though back in like the 60s. Yeah, that's true. You know, the highways and stuff weren't as, you know, there's Insane. a lot more country roads you could take. And go old down. cars. I spent, I really thought I was going to be like, an Why don't old you, get, car you should dude. get one now, man. I, I, well, you realize I, they drive like shit. 
Yeah, they're yeah, uncomfortable. The they AC fucking sucks. drive like shit. No if they have AC. Power dude, steering. Dude, the all no these power bikes. steering. My friend had a Mustang. Oh. He let, used to let me drive it. I had nightmares about the power brakes and the power steering. Like, you'd hit the brakes, and it wouldn't really You gotta work. think ahead. Yeah. Like you really gotta think ahead. Yeah. yeah. And they're heavy. Dude, that's what... Even old Ferraris. They say... This, there's a saying that a 60s Ferrari handles like a 70s pickup. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> they all just drive like... I mean, the technology wasn't there. They just yeah. drive like shit. Yeah. I was but talking, still awesome. I was talking to Nick before you got here about like how when I was young, since I didn't have a car, like any car was cool to me. Like I would just oh, yeah. be so stoked and like, dude, look at that GTI with shitty rims. Like I'd be like, that car's dope just because I wanted anything like a Datsun B210 with rims. Dude, you're, but you're, these are all pretty sweet cars. I mean, yeah, to me. <laughs> the time. No, but like a GTI? GTIs were good, yeah. The early GTIs, They were too? fast. Well, this wasn't like a new one. Like even like... A, this is like the uh, 90s GTI? We're talking like I had a $2,000 price range. Okay. So like we're talking like an eight-year-old... <laughs> anything like that's the thing I would want to buy it because someone put rims on it which is proof that car was a fucking disaster like, the, like the old American racing rims like the cheapest rims you could yeah, buy yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ninja star ones oh yeah that was like I thought those were the best <laughs> oh yeah dude I was like these are awesome and they're only like $180 for four right. this is fucking sweet like the mag like the mag wheel ones that like oh, every yeah. dude had or yeah. everyone will put them on their four cylinder Mustang to make it yeah. look like it was like a fucking GT yeah. or something. Yeah. And they're like, no, man, it's got mags. You're like, that thing is slow. <laughs> the best car, though, I think I ever had was like my first car, which was an 87 GMC S15 pickup. Uh-huh. Stick shift, no power steering, no AC. It didn't two, have a radio door, until right? my brother put one. Yeah, yeah. Just no extra shitty, cab. No. Okay, yeah. Those looked cool, though. Well, it, it, this was rusted to shit, but... Oh. I mean, you could ram it into anything. Yeah, you could just it, you could destroy it. You could hit a tree with it, just back up and like keep going. It was yeah. awesome. It was awesome. Dude, that's what that's what was cool about like cars from like the '60s, '70s into probably like the mid '80s is that they were like big and largely made of steel, and yeah. f- like they were they were fast because they were huge because they had like huge engines oh yeah but now it's like when you're saying all these guys that get these cars and don't know what they're dealing with what's under the hood is because of like you'll get like any say any mercedes like amg oh will look crazy. like a regular car but they'll have like five or six hundred horsepower because of the what's under the hood yeah and they don't know dude my buddy just called me up this morning woke me up Left me a message. He's going down to Florida. He's picking up a 2014 uh, Ford Mustang, the Shelby GT500. Wow. 662 horsepower. That's crazy. Yeah. Fucking crazy. That was 662 like, horsepower? Yeah, for if what? you told me that in the 90s, I would never have yeah. believed you. That there were like, like three the cars that had that in the 90s. That there was, was no like, cars in the 90s. I remember they had a 911 Turbo Porsche had like 355 horsepower and people out of a 3.6 liter turbo. And people were like... Can you believe this? Yeah. Anything above 500, that was like, like oh. when I'd read like a magazine and they talked about like Tim Allen's racing team, yeah. they'd be like, dude, he's getting 500 horsepower that Mustang. You're like, whoa, fuck, dude. And it was like, oh, that thing's so customized. It's not even legal. And now right. you can just buy it. You can buy the fucking Dodge Hellcat, the Challenger and Charger, 707 horsepower. That's, That's crazy. just not safe. It's insanity. <laughs> Supercars. Like, I remember when the Vector came out, and I was yeah. like, oh, my God. I don't even remember what that had, but I don't think it had 500 horsepower. Yeah. Dude, the Cobra didn't have 500 horsepower. What or, did the, the Viper? Oh, yeah. Dude, oh, yeah, yeah. 400. I, yeah. I had a friend whose dad was, like, a big into cars, and he bought a 96 SRT10 
Viper, mm-hmm. and he sent it to Hennessy to have the Venom 550 package put Jeez. on it. So 550 horsepower. And that thing was insane. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, and, and you had to go to a specialty tuner to get 550 horsepower. That's what, like, the 90s, to me, I just remember you'd hear, that, that was like, you could get your Mustang up to 500. There was a kid in our town who, like, customized his Mustang, and he was like, 500 horsepower, That's six great. miles to the gallon. <laughs> like, it would just <laughs> explode gas. Like, you couldn't even drive it anywhere. And you ma- I mean, back then, like, if a car did a quarter mile in, like, the low 13s, mm-hmm. you're like... This is the fastest car I've ever yeah. seen in my life. There will never be a car faster than this, <laughs> this is, ever. This thing's going to beat a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> there are like like the old McLarens, the F1, yeah. w- was like... That the, was, a, yeah, that was a 620, I think it said 627 horsepower yeah. on the F1. And then like a 0 to 60 in like 3.5 or 7. Yeah. Or now like, they make production McLarens that you can just go buy that do a 0 to 60 in like 3.2. Was that the most... Where you're like, oh, that's crazy. just a car you can go get now. The new 911 Turbo S is doing 0 to 60 in like 2.8 seconds. Right. And the quarter mile in high 10s. Yeah. 10.9. That's like Drag Racer back yeah. in yeah. the 90s. That's crazy that anyone who has a license can go get that and car. And 170 well, I mean, yeah, grand. have all that money. <laughs> but, but still, there's a lot of people that have it. It's like yeah. a plot to kill rich people. Like, no, give him. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was the McLaren kind of always like the most expensive production, car- the thing you could buy? Like, what was that the McLaren? No, they thing? only made like I think they made sixty-four road-going models. I think there was like seventy or eighty. There were like a. It was a little over a hundred. Maybe a little. And some yeah. of them were racing. Maybe it was seventy-two road models. Maybe. And then I think a hundred and six or seven total and then they had like 20 race cars and then okay yeah because they they had the f1 lm which was like a racing car version of the f1 but they 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 also had the gt something yeah gtr gtri or whatever that was like the racing version of the racing version or it was like you couldn't drive that on the street the crazy thing in the late 90s you could buy those for like 800 not that this is like yeah, <laughs> for yeah. us, but like eight hundred fifty yeah. grand. But now they're trading hands for like seven, eight million dollars. That's crazy. Well, I was asking my brother the other day about Lamborghinis, like even the eighties ones. I was like, "What about the, you know, the Countach, the the Jalpa? Do you remember the Jalpa or the uh, yeah. uh, very rare Silhouette, which was basically the predecessor to the Jalpa?" I just, I mean, I just remember the, you know, the the Countach was the one with all the posters. Yeah, and he, I was like, "What do those go for?" Because I knew a guy who was like thinking of buying an older Ferrari. And he was like, well, you can actually get like 80s Ferraris now for like, you know, 30, 40 grand or something like that. Like could, the, a 308 you could buy the for real 30 standard grand. standard ones, you know? Yeah. And I was like, what about Lamborghinis? He's like, oh no, those are still like 300. You can buy a, uh, well, Countach prices are going up. If you want like the 89 25th anniversary Countach, you're going to pay well over 100 grand. Yeah. But I think you can still get like decent Countach models between like 80 and like 110. Those are still dope to me. Like you look at them and like they're crazy. They look like a car that would slide under another car though, like the way they're designed. Yeah, they were weird. The rims are 15 inch rims on the fucking things too. Really? That's yeah. it? Yeah. If you look at the wheels, they're tiny. But I mean, they're super wide. Yeah. But they're really small. I just remember like that at a car small. show, you couldn't, you had to like lay down to get into it. It was so low. It was crazy. I just was in, I took a ride in a Mercedes. Lago recently uh-huh. you know i was filming that thing that perry project thing with barris yeah and so uh <laughs> it, we, we had this whole thing where perry thinks he's in the system 
Right. So then we uh, we show up in a Lamborghini <laughs> and an H1 Hummer with system logos on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in a Murcielago. Yeah. It's a pretty sweet car, but wow. honestly, I don't think I would spend the money on it because they're so big and heavy, but yet they look awesome, but they don't really they don't do anything exceptionally well. Yeah, it's more of just like Lamborghini is just great at like pulling off the super exotic look. Yeah. You know, like when you think like super exotic car, Ferrari isn't doesn't go in that direction that much anymore. You think racing, you think high performance. Yeah, they yeah. look just like sleek and like beautiful. But Lamborghinis look like like it, some rich guy had an idea of like, I want to I want to like build my own Batmobile. Yeah, company. Exactly. It's and like sell, the, you know they it look like that. It seems like it's like the standout. Like I'm, everyone's gonna notice me in this car. It's gonna be orange. Yeah. But you're saying they're not. I don't know anything about them. They're not like as far as performance goes. They're not like the same. Oh, they're fast and everything. Like yeah, a, yeah. But not of like a, the but same racing quality. If you take one out on a track and stuff, they're not going to be that great. <laughs> you know what okay. I mean? But I mean, it's like a it's a thrilling experience. You have twelve cylinders behind your head right. in the Mercy yeah. Lago and like. You know, it's it's the experience of it all, but it's not like something you're like, I'm gonna take this out to a track and like uh, blow really everyone away. Have you mostly a great see time. them driving kind of like, slow on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just looks like it's gonna be the fastest car on any track, right? You're like, wow, like they look like supercharged Batmobiles, right? But you for the money I mean? you spend to maintain those things or any like old Ferraris or anything, it's it's like it's it'll blow your fucking mind. Yeah, like the Bugatti Veyron. Have you seen like the maintenance figures is, on those things? It, it, I mean, it's got to be. I don't think you can even do it yourself. No, you, and like much like how I think certain Porsches are like that, where you can't do the maintenance yourself. The Boxster and the Cayman, you can't. You can only yeah. check the oil, but you can't yeah. even get to the oil. Like you have to like go underneath or something. Yeah, you got to take it into take the dealer. Out. Yeah. yeah, it's got to be frustrating for a certain group of men who want to buy those cars because they're like gearheads. Jay Leno hates Porsches. He's like because. They're too hard to work yeah. on, and like yeah. the engine's crammed in there, and so he's not a big. There's fan. just certain cars like that, though that ap- that appeal to certain types of people. There's like the the Jay Leno types who like love cars and love working on yeah. them. Yeah, so they'll get like old classics and stuff from yeah. like the 30s to the 60s or 70s. But then there's guys that are just like, I just want to show off how rich I am and get a really fast car. And you're like, this lease get- is only like eight hundred dollars a yeah. month. With five grand down, yeah. I could so pull that off for three years. Those are like yeah. the Porsche, Aston Martin, Lamborghini dudes that yeah. are just like, I just want to show you, as opposed to really be behind the wheel. But like, what cars? Like, what does it cost to lease of a pretty insane car? Like you're saying, like one of those. <sighs> you know what? I I you, I used to keep up on all that stuff right. like years ago, but yeah. when I actually thought like instead of having a house, <laughs> I will just. <laughs> And a mortgage, I'll just have a car payment that's yeah. like two grand a month. Yeah. I don't even think you can lease a Bugatti. There's no uh, way. Th- I, I heard there is a lease, but it's like twenty five thousand a month. So yeah, that's and it's but so the Veyron, <laughs> it's like a twenty thousand dollar annual maintenance thing uh-huh. that you have to get done. You have to get new tires every fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred miles, I think. Tires are like thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> oh Rims every ten thousand miles are sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, and just any little fucking thing that right. you can imagine. They say that it, it to maintain a Bugatti Veyron is more than like probably uh, like a, a high end airplane. Wow, but you got to think like you're not 
putting the amount of miles that you're putting on like your you know Subaru or your your yeah. daily vehicle. It's not like you're putting fifteen thousand miles a year or which, something. Which kind of sucks because you have spent all this money. It's like two point five million on this payroll, but you're like, <laughs> yeah. I don't really drive it that much. Yeah, you drive it like once every three months or but something. You, you'll be shocked. So when I drive around, I mean, I've seen probably six Veyrons uh-huh. in L.A. since they came out. And I've seen them like parallel parked at meters. And yeah, shit. that's nuts to me. I'm like, are you kidding? I me? remember years ago I called you. Yeah. On well, I was on Sunset, like west of La Cienega, where all those restaurants are. Yeah. And there was a fucking McLaren F1 parked at a meter on Sunset, and I was like, I still like tell center my friends. Cockpit seating, like I was like, that's <laughs> fucking crazy. There's, there's always an insane. There's always like an pictures. insane car on this one street in Beverly Hills by like Nate Nals. I think like whoever owns Where's this, Nate Nals, it's on like like Holloway or some shit. I don't forget. Oh, it might be on Beverly. Okay, Hill. I know what you're talking. And there's about. always like a yellow. It might be a Bugatti. It's like some insane. Because oh. I always see like Japanese dudes getting their picture taken next to it. Is it a Ferrari F? So Fifty. It's yellow. Yeah, I know what you're talking oh, you remember about. I think those? I've seen it. Yeah, I With think the I've fucking seen the glass on the because it had a rear mounted engine, right? Yeah, the they, all, yeah. So they would have the Mid-engine. glass opening, so you could just see the entire fucking crazy. thing. Those things were unreal. I still tell my buddies like, they were huge too. People always ask me what cars have you seen. I'm like, one time this guy <laughs> I know called me to say he saw a McLaren F1. Yeah, and they're like, no way. Yeah. It's like a third person account of it. Yeah, it's like seeing an alien or something. Really? Are it they really that? is crazy. So they're like that rare. There, uh, dude, imagine in a world of 7 billion people, there's a 106. Well, that's okay. some of them have been totaled that well, they yeah, haven't been able to bring back. One recently flipped upside down, mm-hmm. which they, since there so, aren't very many of them and they're so you know crazily priced, yeah. they think they'll probably just send it back to the factory and have them like, completely redo the whole thing. Yeah. But you remember, I saw a Vector out here once. There's a silver Vector that lives out here. Really? And there's only 14 of those. I can't That's think insane. of what a ve- I remember that name, but I can't think of the what it The Vector W8 Twin Turbo? Look it up. Yeah. The crazy looking car. The guy, uh, the only like mechanic that worked for Vector that's still around who maintains everyone's Vectors, yeah. he's, he's in El Segundo. He has a garage down there. Wow. Yeah. So he works on all 14. He has like, like I think Ralph Lauren has a one that he brings to him and yeah. like there's a couple other like big name guys that have them. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many of those like types of cars and like you, you just will see one in LA at some point. Dude, L.A. When I first got out here, I was just my mind was blown. I'm a here. I'm a car guy from Indiana, yeah. and I remember like once a year I would see a Lamborghini Countach drive down the road because I lived in a motel, so yeah. I would be cutting the front lawn on a riding mower, and like once a year in the summer I would see like a Lamborghini. And I'd be like, this makes my year. Like my year is complete. <laughs> this is the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen in my life. What was the closest like exotic car dealership to where you live? Like you had to go to Chicago. Okay. So if you went to Chicago, the suburbs like Schaumburg and yeah. like uh, Naperville, yeah. they had Ferrari dealers. So my buddies and I, we would drive up. It'd be like an hour and a half drive just to get there, just to like stand on the lot for like 20 minutes 30 minutes look at the car and then we drive back (laughs) how rich north shore is like there are some oh yeah it's one of the richest places in the country that's i know i say this but then also in my garage we had we had a a portion 911 so (laughs) wait really yeah in the back of our motel we lived in the motel so like yeah like the mortgage was the business you know it was so yeah and back then like little motels were like they were they would there was no overhead, so they make a ton of money. Right. So, uh, yeah, 1980. Well, first in 79, my parents bought a brand new 911 Targa. 
Wow. And then uh, that had nothing but problems. It was a green one. Yeah. And then they found out that it had fallen off the truck. And then they... Literally? Just, yeah, they just repaired it and then what? sold it. And then so my parents got... Uh, they bought it back from my parents. And then my parents went out and bought uh, a Casablanca Beige 911 Targa SC. Wow. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. It was, look, did you ever get... Sweet. Did they have it long <laughs> enough to where you were able to drive it? No, no. Okay. They sold it in the late 80s. So they had it for oh, like barely, eight okay. years. Yeah. But as a kid, I mean, I was like... It was yeah. the greatest thing ever. The only cool, cool car on my street was like a, a beige 80s vet. The story <laughs> was, it was this woman up the street, because I, I know this because the daughter used to babysit us, I guess, according to my brother, I may be remembering this, but uh, what I, the story I heard my father told me this was the wife had had cancer, and the, the husband was like, you got to beat this, and she was like, it was difficult. She's like, if I beat this cancer, you have to buy me a Corvette. And he was like, "Deal <laughs> done." And so he bought her like oh, a, he's like, he's like well, a beige I don't know. And brown Corvette. Was it uh, early '80s or like that mid '80s where they started making the C4 Corvette? It was early, like the kind of wavy. Oh, the shape, shit! Like the, kinda, the shittiest of the them. leftover from the Stingray. Kinda, yeah, like like it, but. To be fair, at that time you were like, "Whoa, killer ride!" We well, didn't realize it, and that's when like the emission standards had like basically crippled performance on any car. Right. I think those Corvettes had like 180 horsepower. Is that so the, whatever they had the was it the the LT1 engine in them or something like those that? Those were actually the, not bad. The LT1s engines. came out in like then that was it like '84 was the first year for I think the C4 Corvette. I don't know, or maybe it was the remember. C3. And then the C4. version that was that that garbage version that was like flat, like those the, were like it was those, just like yeah. the Miami Vice, like late eighties. Yeah, yeah, those sucked. They sucked. And then, but but they had the ZR1, which was pretty sweet. Yeah, that was in a good like ninety three, eighty eighty nine to ninety three. I think they made them. But that was like a local. Like you, I never saw any. Like you'd see the occasional Porsche when I was growing up, but like you could see vets. Like you'd see a Corvette, and like yeah, the first car I ever real thought was cool because I saw one in in La Crescenta, mm. and I saw and there was a TV show was the Stingray. Oh, like just the yeah. you know the the stingray fast the fastback stingray the sixties yeah the sixties when I was like that car is super dope looking my yeah. buddy's dad had a sixty seven stingray convertible like it was just so cool looking and they were like, awesome what is this work Sting- of art back then stingray yeah. just meant convertible oh was it I think no so. they had uh, they had a hardtop yeah I don't think that unless I'm thinking of a different car that had a name like that, but I think Stingray just meant the convertible version in the same way like the... Because they, the, they had the hardtop Stingrays. Are you sure? Um, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. That's the only one I ever liked because I didn't I'll like the convertible. I don't like convertibles. Like, I always liked hardtops. Check it out. Confirm on that one. For yeah, it. maybe I'm confusing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big convertible fan. Yeah, remember, what was that Audi, like the little, that first little Audi Sport one that came out in like the late 90s when, they, when Audi got good again? Oh, wait, like the, the TT? The TT. Yeah. I remember I really liked the hard top, but like, no, everyone got the convertible. Out know. here, yeah, everyone. Like, where I was from, the convertibles didn't sell very well because. Oh, like, yeah, why would the, you? Yeah. You had to park. Yeah. If you had a nice car, you didn't have insurance on it for like four months out of the year because you weren't driving it. Yeah. Because the weather's so crappy. That's what, yeah, I didn't find that out so much later that like, if you were, if you were driving, buying an old car, they were like, what state's it from? Yeah, but like yeah. You, like a salt, California man. one was like, oh yeah, you can sell California ones really easily because there's just no rust. The salt is just incredibly yeah, bad. just destroy cars. Like you really, I didn't know that was a thing that that, that salt just like fucking you eats just park them. it. We had uh, I had a buddy whose dad he had a 2001 911 Cabriolet, 
and like in the winter he would leave it at his daughter's house he a house that he owned that she lived in so it was in the garage so we would just fucking go in that garage and just take it so out weird all the time. That, like Porsche made a cabriolet and so did Volkswagen. Like they couldn't like like <laughs> one like, of them. Like, like, who had it first? It's a good question. I don't know. Like one of them either like just like, switch it up a little bit. Porsche was either like ah fuck Volkswagen or Volkswagen was like no maybe we can trick everybody. It's <laughs> like the cabriolet to me is like the ultimate cute girl car. The the Porsche should have come up with something a little bit better. Yeah. A yeah. tougher name. A cooler name. Yeah. Just the numbers were cool. 911. 9-11. The cocaine Porsche. Oh, yeah. 80s. I love 80s 911s. Like, love them. Especially the turbos. sports cars were cool. 80s Ferraris. Like, you know, you just think Magnum PI. When I still see them, I mean, it's just because nostalgia for me, but I still, like, if I see, like, a 328 or, like, a 308, well, yeah, 328 more than the 308. Which was the Magnum PI? Magnum, I think, I think he started with a 308 because uh-huh. that was, and then... The 308 turned into the 328, which basically looked the same, but like slightly better. Right. Some tweaks to it. That looked cool as shit. Oh, man. It was badass. Just always peeling out just in Hawaii. Yeah. On a <laughs> wet road. <laughs> there's never, I can't fucking find it. Here's the thing. There's never been anyone cooler than Magnum P.I. before or since. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll <laughs> go with that. I'll go with that. There's no guy that could wear like uh, shorts where your balls are hanging out and, with, a, and with hairy a, ass legs, super hairy legs. And like he he had like a hairy back, but like chicks yeah. dug it. They're like, cool. Oh. He had Higgins. He had yeah. Higgins. This is for any TC was fucking hell. Dude, that helicopter. That fucking love that helicopter. My brother named our dog after Higgins because he was so into Magnum P.I. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. My brother was so into Magnum P.I. Because of Ferrari. There's, I mean, and then every generation of like sports car, like 80s Ferraris became super hot when guys that wanted them in the 80s but couldn't afford them got rich in the 90s. Right. And then same with the muscle cars, like all the old dudes who were like in high school, I wanted this car. And then they had a ton of money. And then in the 2000s. When you watch that car auction on TV. Yeah, like it's all it's old dudes selling it and it's old dudes buying it. it's yeah. all about a guy that looks about 60 and he's just quietly spending two hundred fifty thousand dollars on a uh, car he wanted or like a million some guys just want it so bad and they have money to burn that they're like yeah i mean i'll just pay whatever i, I don't give a yeah, shit i don't what care it's worth. i'm gonna drive this till i'm dead and then who gives a shit yeah and you're like fuck this i mean that's why these prices are getting so insane with like 60s Ferraris, mm-hmm. like changing hands at like thir- high 30s million dollars, you know? Wow. wow. Like wh- one of them traded hands for like 28 million. Supposedly a 250 GTO Ferrari, like a 62 traded hands privately for like high 30s. Wow. What was so special about that one? Very rare. They used them in racing and it just became like the most iconic car of all time. You know, it's wow. the when you see a sixties Ferrari, chances are it's that two fifty GTO that you're right. seeing. Yeah. yeah, that one you you recognize. And I think there's only sixty four of them and like wow. it you know, every it's the combination of rarity, racing history, yeah. and like just the Ferrari pedigree and like it was the most technologically advanced car of its day just makes those things go up. I mean, they're almost like in, they're important to car history at that point. Yeah, which for me, I'm like, fuck that. I just want something I can drive. What's the, is there? What's the American equivalent? You think of like a car, like a, an important historical American car? It's a good question. Um, of what like the, what the American Ferrari would be? Not necessarily the American Ferrari, but like a car I that just th- is emblematic of like, oh, they, they did this, and then it made other car, like it made you know it affected the way cars were built, the way they drove, the way they raced. I still think it's the Cobra. Probably. 
I still think that's the most iconic, like American car, and it's probably one of the most valuable cars. My friend John Bronson knows Carroll Shelby, or he did. Okay, and I don't know if he's still alive. Carol Shelby still alive? No, he died a few okay. years back. But he said he would run into him at the this country club. They were both members of an all Carol Shelby wanted to talk about was what he ate and what you ate. He was obsessed <laughs> with food. And he Weird. just wanted to tell you about the steak he just had and where he was going to eat, and <laughs> yeah. then like what you ate, and it was all food. He could didn't never you never heard him talk about cars. He was like, I had a, I had a chicken yesterday. It was literally the best chicken. Like, he always <laughs> wanted to talk about was food. Dude, uh, related he said he to was Carol, the sweetest dude. Related to Carol Shelby, uh, a comic that we all know, I'm not going to say his name, allegedly, like in the maybe his late 80s, early 90s, gangbagged his wife with Whoa, like a bunch of dudes. Come on. And I didn't believe it. And then I looked it up and then I saw that once he died, like Carol Shelby, like the woman he was married to, it, he found out like it, she wasn't who she said she was. There's all this crazy shit. And Whoa. so then I was like, oh, this probably happened. It was an insane story where this lady like hung out for like a week and just had him like recruit his friends to come over and fuck the shit out of her. Get what? the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's a guy we all know. I, I, I can't remember if we actually if I've talked about this with him on a podcast or if this was in private. So I'm not gonna give his name, but as soon as I give you his name, you'll always be like, Oh, okay. It's believable. Wow. What the hell? Yeah, so That's insane. Poor Carol Shelby just talking about dinner. Yeah, <laughs> it's and probably why he's so he's like, destroyed. He's like, by wow, we were spo- we had dinner planned. She's not here. I wonder what she's up to. Probably just caught in traffic. Yeah, traffic of dicks. Wow. <laughs> it may just be like his mind was so warped by that that all oh, he's just like one of those guys who just like uh, a rain manager. Like, what'd you have for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay, so originally, apparently, the Stingray. Um, was it the sp- the split rear window? The sixty three split it had. window. Yeah, yeah they only so made that, that for was one the difference year. for a while. Okay, and then they started making um, actual like models of Stingray. Yeah, changes it? in the car, and then they stopped it all together for a long time. And but now it's back. When I now think of split back. windows too, I think like the early VWs too. Like that to me is like the cooler yeah. ones. Like those were like the er- I think was it the original ones that had the split window? The bug? I think, are you talking? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The beetle. They're the early, early ones. I think the early ones had split windows, and then later not. Right? Yeah, I don't. Then that they did not. Lately, I've been seeing pictures of those, and they man, they look they get cooler and cooler as time did, goes in on. In the nineties, they had for a while. I don't. I don't know if this was like everywhere, but in in L.A., it was like really fucking popular. I keep checking this because the battery's low, but um, it was really popular to get old VW bugs and trick them out. Yeah. Because it was so fucking cheap. The my, Baja bug. And re- not, not, not the Baja ones, but like a regular VW bug and you trick them out and put like an exhaust tip on them and paint them and put rims and lower them because it was way cheaper and easier to do than if you got like a Honda Civic or a Cord. They were so plentiful. When I was looking yeah. at cars, I thought of getting a bug but and they were dirt cheap. But they were just. La- I remember thinking like, dude, they drive like shit. They drove. Uh, yeah. Someone I knew had one, and it drove like shit, and it was so unbelievably loud. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had a buddy who had one that he had painted purple, yeah. like real sweet. And then uh, another buddy had a convertible, and then another buddy had like one that wasn't touched, and they all drove like shit. I wanted that yeah. wagon. What's the wagon called that they made? You mean the, the same the, time the v- or like the bus? the bus? No, no, no. There was like a small wagon. Huh. It no, was I like, don't know. I don't what remember. year? Like in the 60s, 70s? Yeah. That thing's yeah, yeah. got to be It wasn't the Scirocco. It was hell. something else. My brother had a Scirocco. Oh. Yeah. Very, it's a very rare VW. Yeah, he had a, he had a Scirocco in high school. Wow. It was sort of cool looking. 
So it looked like, pretty sweet. It looked like, like a cheap, and yeah, like it looked low. like a cheap DeLorean. Yeah, yeah it ran dude. like total garbage. Yeah. <laughs> it was also loud. It's like a DeLorean with like Down syndrome. Yeah, I think water yeah. leaked into it or something. I'm shit. sure it was a mess. I remember You're, the first time I saw a DeLorean. That was crazy. Oh, first time I saw one, they, somebody had a new one, came to our motel and stayed, and I just was like out in the parking lot watching them open and close the door. I was like, this yeah. Is, this is crazy. And they weren't in like special cars or anything. They were just because they were in the back. They were like the slow. They handled like shit. Just yeah. The doors, but they man. were But they awesome. looked so cool. Stainless yeah. steel. Why? Did, okay. Yeah. I always think when I think about those Baja bugs, a kid in our town had one, but you know how the tires were always like pitched out? Yeah. How the fuck does that work? Like how is that even well, it's a thing? For, it's for like flipping. If you're racing them in like dirt. But no, people are just driving. Are you, are you talking about like yeah, when they have them like either the cambers like towed in or towed out yeah. it was towed for handling? Out. Yeah, yeah. I, I always wondered like how did that drive and also it drives like shit and it's a great way to wear the shit out of your tires. Yeah, right your away. tire must yeah, yeah, yeah. be a fucking mess. The Acura NSX had it had. They're bringing that back. I know. Next they, year they sold out, but when, it's like I keep hearing it's coming. The problem though is I saw pictures of them test driving it on a track. Somewhere. Didn't Rogan have an NSX? Yeah, he did for a little bit. Yeah, he had one, and then he sold it. Got the Porsche. It had a ton of problems, and then he went back to the NSX. Do you remember the way that fucking Porsche sounded? Yeah. After a while, when he pull in, like he'd pull in, it'd be like, oh, wow. with like gargling, and you're like, it's crazy. is there a can stuck? He had in a the crazy fucking... old Dodge too. Like, or it was. Like, oh, you had that one specially built. Oh, it was part was of a, that show beautiful. he was working on. Yeah, I think they just featured him on the show. I think he was getting it built, so they're okay. like, yeah, that thing was that was a. Perfect. What was it again? I don't remember. I thought it was a... It was maybe a Barracuda or a Challenger. Was it a Charger or a Challenger? Maybe a Charger. I think that it was a thing, Charger. I remember he brought maybe. it in and I was looking at you it. used to pay Fat James 100 bucks to watch it. That yeah, thing yeah. was so perfect. Like the lines yeah. of it. It was a kind of finished like I'd never seen. You know what though? I watched the show and one of the designer guys, uh, I don't forget who it was, it was some big guy, he recommended a certain paint scheme and Rogan mm-hmm. vetoed it and just went with like one flat paint job Silver or whatever. but i wish you would have gone with like that two-tone that the guy was recommending i thought it would have looked better I but mean, still either way it was a badass right i like those new dodges still like i see them and they're cool to me they're just too fucking heavy like i'm a lightweight car guy like my dream okay. car is like a lotus elise yeah i those, love s2000s those are pretty cool like anything that's under three thousand pounds i still love muscle cars i mean the first car it's after the stinger that i really thought was so cool looking was a 49 ford it had that bullet nose. Oh yeah, I think it was called the Club Coupe. I, I know what you're talking about. It just it looked like it almost looked like it had been like stretched at like someone had taken their fingers across it and kind of but raked it back. It was kind of back. short. It was really rounded. And I remember the guitar player from ZZ Top had one, and he chopped it. It was one of those ones you could chop and like you know lowered it, and it just looked clean as shit. And that, nice. I remember thinking that car was so cool. The 1970 Cuda is what Rogan had. Okay. Yeah. That yeah, the, those seventy because those don't those had what the four four two, I think I thought there's there's a four forty six pack I think okay. you could get them and Oldsmobile had the four four GM had the four four two yeah and then I think you could get uh, Dodge had the three eighty threes they had the four forties and then they had the four twenty six Hemi Cudas and then or well che- not Cuda just the four twenty six Hemi and then yeah. Chevy was in. the three twenty seven. You had three twenty seven. You had a three fifty small block. Three fifty big block. And then you, they had a four fifty four, which I don't know if it, right. Yeah, they. I think yeah. they had a four fifty four Chevelle Supersport. Yeah. And then you could get a crate motor uh, that was a five oh two. 
And then what was Ford? Ford, you had the 289. Was it the 351? They had a 351 Cleveland. That was like the yeah. 70 the seventy Mustang that got real ugly. It came with the yeah. 351. Yeah. And then they had they had 302. Right. And then what was their big engine? Maybe. Was it, it a 405 or something? 40 something sounds right. Oh, no, 409. She's the 409. 409. Yeah. The Impala. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, Impala. Yeah. No, that was the well, Chevy the Impala. Chevy, yeah. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. I'm trying yeah, to what think. was their big ass one? Ford's big ass. See, yeah, those days are over now. Like the days of like huge engines. It's probably for the best because now you can get like a four cylinder turbocharged and you can get the same horsepower that you're getting out I of know, like a yeah. fucking 409. It's like good yeah. and bad because it like it, I don't know. For me, it takes away from like the, when you think of like a, a big, strong, fast car, you d- I don't think of like, Oh, that like Audi that doesn't look like it can do yeah, anything. A- There's like Audi wagons that can like oh, I love beat w- the fuck out of like I love fast wagons. It's like my fucking thing. It's kind of cool. Finally, someone it. that feels me. Right, I, I fucking love wagons. I love I love wagons and hatchbacks just because they're there's something about them. It's the fucking greatest. The Malibu wagon, the '65 Malibu wagon is so <laughs> fucking cool. Yeah, dude, the Nova—they made. I think they made a Nova wagon. I love wagon, but that Audi all-terrain thing. Oh yeah, you, all, all you track need to get or whatever. You need to get the Cadillac CTS V wagon. Oh, that thing. Five hundred and sixty horsepower. The, wagon, the whatever the Magnum. I fucking oh, yeah, love yeah. that thing. I love a beefy wagon. Oh, yeah. they're so cool. I'm a big hatch and wagon guy, man. Dude, even that that small Audi hatchback. I like that thing too. Which one? It's the what is it? The A four hatchback or something? A three? It's small. Oh, the A three's got yeah. They've got a, a, a uh, yeah. They got a hatch. I wagon. like that one. Although I only see girls driving it. Well, you have to you can change it. It's like yeah. a Miata, dude. One of the most fun cars yeah. I've ever driven is a fucking Miata, like no, an early nineties really? Miata. They're just the greatest thing ever. You could beat it. It's not. You don't have to worry about the engine blowing up. Right. It yeah. just. It's so much fun. They're, they stay Two thousand one hundred pounds. Yeah, they have like one hundred and seventeen horsepower. It was the, it's just awesome, and that's from I've driven. I've autocrossed Vipers. I've driven nine eleven twin turbos. Yeah, my buddies all had Vets and fucking GT Mustangs. All the shit. <coughs> have you ever been to that X's? track in Vegas where you can like drive exotic cars? I have not. I remember a friend of mine went, went to it. Yeah, I said it was pretty great. It seems like it'd be a good time. Like you, they have everything. You can drive. No, I mean everything, everything, but like they have, you can drive Ferraris and Lamborghinis and Aston Martins. See, it's not even that much. I'd even yeah. do that. That sounds fucking fun. Yeah. Well, nowadays with all like the electronical, electronic gadgetry they have on this shit, it's mm-hmm. nearly impossible to fucking, unless you turn yeah. the shit off. But there's so many different like stages that you can turn on for like Ferraris and stuff that like if you get out of hand, the computer's there to correct you. You think they you. have someone in the car with you, so you're not fucking? They do. Around? They probably do. Yeah, I'm I would sure. want. They're, the they're not letting you that. drive those things by yourself. I would, I would like to. Definitely want some. I mean, they yeah. must just have like a shit ton of insurance, and they're like, "All right, let's hope." I think that. you can and even opt to like just be in the car, and then the guy oh, okay. will drive it if you just want the experience. But you're afraid, like, I'll fucking crash this. Just the the comedians in cars <laughs> getting coffee experience. Where Simon was like, "Check this shit out. I can afford to f- buy this. You can't." <laughs> yeah, it's also. I mean, it's. Have you watched that show? I've watched all the episodes. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. I, you know what I love first of all uh, with the Chris Rock one with the Lamborghini Miura. The Lamborghini Miura is my favorite car of all time. Like That's absolutely. What Seinfeld says like this may be the nicest car of it's all. It's the time. most beautiful car ever made, and yeah. I didn't know this, but I found out eight months ago at the end of my sister's block where she lives in Eagle Rock. 
There's some old dude who has a fucking garage, and inside the garage is a Lamborghini Mura. And I was like, and I stopped by one time, and he was, and I asked him about it, and he seemed super disgruntled, did not want to fucking talk about it. I was like, fuck you, man. Yeah. How many guys are stopping by here that even know what the fuck you have in there? <laughs> right. I was like, you dick. That's funny. He's probably afraid someone will come steal it. Probably. He doesn't but want anyone. He doesn't have the garage there. open very often, but I drive by there a lot. Right. Because oh, on purpose, just dude, slowly. Talk about a low. That car probably comes up to your knees. That's crazy. It's so that awesome. car is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, even like in that episode, I was like, "That this car is beautiful. It's unbelievable." The only problem in the early ones, they shared the transmission oil with the engine oil. So if oh. you ever ground the gears, then the the metal shards would get into the engine and Yikes. fuck it up. Whoa. So the first thing you have to look for if you're buying one, most of them all have been upgraded, but they have separate. There was like uh, I don't know what years they started doing it, but like you would pay to have people like give you separate transmission and engine oil. Why would they have that to begin with? Lamborghini was early. I mean, they I think Lamborghini like they started selling their first car in like '64, and like '67 they started with the Mira, the the P, original P400 model. So yeah, they're like, oh, this is like a great way to like you know save uh, whatever space or whatever they're looking isn't, for isn't right. that the criticism i've heard this i don't know is that vw vw's run like all their electrical through like one hub so if you so have for a certain a while for a while well, they're notorious sudden, for electrical problems. yeah you're like windows stop working on like a car that's three or four years old oh yeah i i don't know what the cause is but i know of multiple people who have either had the best experience with VWs or the most nightmarish, like, buyback, yeah. lemon law type Yeah, where it's, shit. like, never-ending. You're like, yeah. my window. but it's all, like, electrical. It's all electrical. Huh. And in the, that's what the 80s, like, all 80s Europeans cars, like, they all had fucking a ton of electrical gremlins. Yeah. Audis were horrible. The Porsche we had, we had to take that thing in, like, all the time. It was always running weird. That's crazy. Huh. It's very strange. But Audi's making good cars again. Yeah, like stylistically, they look amazing. I love, uh, I love the Volkswagen GTI. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that too. I like the Volkswagen. I was looking at someone on the street has like a Jetta wagon, and I was like, all right. Yeah, like, I bet you he has like a super standard one, but I bet you like the tricked out one is kind of is super nice looking. Did you go to the auto show this year? I missed I it. Did not. Maybe yeah, you know, last year I went was with you. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh, we talked about that. I think that was years ago. I know. It's just out here in L.A. It's so fucking packed all the time. Yeah. That it's so hard to like actually like I used to love to go to when I lived in Chicago, I would go there and you go there during the weekday and it's like empty. So you can sit in the cars. Right. You can like take your time, but here it's just like nobody works a day job here. So it's yeah, constantly it's packed, packed during the week, yeah. I remember during the the height of the recession going to the auto show. That was like the last year I went until we went last year. But it got so depressing to be there i remember a st- i saw a news story about that the car companies had no money oh and yeah no one was making anything special and you walk in you're like none of the cars have changed the exhibits are fucking <laughs> empty <laughs> only the major car company like toyota for a year or two had almost one whole room in the convention center you had to be three yeah. big rooms they had almost one whole one because other companies either weren't even going to the auto show because it would cost too much money. They had oh, nothing new, nothing inventive, nothing special. And GM was in bankruptcy. Yeah. And then Ford was like the only one doing like sort of okay. But they still weren't doing anything new or special. Yeah. So you'd go there and it would like you would 
you felt like you were just at like a couple of car dealerships that day. <laughs> like you just went to a Toyota dealership and like, here are the models available. This is nothing but Chevy Cruises everywhere. Yeah, like, yeah. It was just so the sad. The women aren't even dressed up. They're just kind of <laughs> yeah, sweats. Like, it's like what this they is, came there. This yeah. is the new focus. <laughs> but we went last year, Kevin and I, and then to, like, and did an episode about it. And there were all there was all kinds of cool shit. Yeah, all kinds of crazy stuff. I feel like every time Corvette comes out with something big, like everybody kind of ups their game and they're like, we got to really do some yeah. new shit. Yeah. It's hard to imagine a lot of people buying Corvettes. Do they do though, man? And they Corvettes do. are the best cars to buy used because the average age of the buyer is like 49 years old. <laughs> yeah. It's got like 3,000 miles on it. You had yeah. it for 4 years. And and they, he's like the guy who's like, "Oh, you can't you can really take this up to like 3,500 RPMs. I don't want to do anything wrong to yeah. it. Just it's the ultimate midlife crisis car. It really yeah. is. People say Porsche just because no, it's like, vet. but it's a fucking vet. Yeah. And so many of them are ordered with automatics, which is so sad. Yeah. Which I'm like, I'm, I'm driving a stick till the day I die. I've had five cars, never had an automatic, 20 years of driving, <laughs> never fucking owned an automatic. <laughs> I've only driven a st- I had to learn how to drive a stick to do a commercial because I had to drive a gremlin. <laughs> and they were like, you can drive a stick, right? And I was like, no. And they were like, well, oh, shit. And so the, a guy, like some grip came over and was like, all right, let's <laughs> figure this out. And I just fucking brutalized this clutch for like oh, 30 minutes. Oh, on that thing. Because I had to yeah. like pull up to a drive-thru in the commercial. So I had to like start it, put it in gear, pull up. It was a public service announcement. And like I just fucking almost destroyed this poor. Why did they have to... I mean, couldn't they have just faked it? They could have just pushed like, it, put it in neutral and pushed the fucking car yeah. up to the drive-thru. They just like, I don't know. Instead, Be, they dude, just no wasted time teaching you how to drive stick? No one's in charge. They're just, I'm like, surprised on a commercial if they didn't send you to like a driving school for like a week. They <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, have the money to burn. Just so they're not a drive to pull up yeah. to a drive-thru. This is the end of the year budget. like, yeah. we're filming this in Argentina. You're like, it takes place in an office. I don't oh, know why yeah. you would need... Yeah, we, yeah, we got... Uh, <laughs> someone asked us if they, they want to do... Someone's doing like an ad campaign. Yeah. And they asked if they want to do like punch up on this. There's literally like four lines in the commercial. They're like, here's like three grand. And we're like, okay. Yeah. Commercial like, money. It's crazy. It's stupid. I said this to Neil last night. That I, I mean, I, I read this stat somewhere that every fourth dollar in America is spent on marketing. Oh, like I the kind this. of money they're throwing around. I, I had a friend of mine. Crazy. He stayed at our house one time because he was here for like 20 days doing a KFC campaign. He's a production designer. And his like. His uh, boyfriend was coming to town, and he asked the guy running the commercial, like, hey, can you... They were all staying at the Four Seasons except him and, like, some other people. He goes, hey, you think you can give me, like, a deal on a room, like, uh, for, like, the weekend when my boyfriend's coming to town? The guy was like, a deal? I'm pretty sure we get it for free. And he goes, why? He goes, do you know how much our bill was just for the product, all the production company people staying at the hotel? He goes, it was a million six. Oh, <laughs> oh Like, the actor... The, the amount of money the actors account for in a commercial is less than 1%. Really? Like they throw out a uh, dude. The dude uh, that directed, uh, I did a State Farm commercial with Aaron Rodgers, and I was talking to the director. He's a really cool guy, and he's like, the amount of money these people throw around. He's like, I couldn't shoot one one time, so I was scheduling wise. I was like, I'm gonna be here, and I won't be able to catch a flight. They're like, Oh, we'll send a plane. They're like, Where will Are you, you be for commercials? Yeah, no, wow. no. They spend. I mean, dude, the ad camp, the ad company that has the Apple campaign built a brand new like hundred million dollar building just to house the people that work on that campaign. Ugh. Like it's in the amount of money they have is insane. You can never stop spending for well, when you hear like an product, actor who's like, ever. yeah, off that commercial in total, I made like mm. seventy grand. I was doing a commercial for Diet Pepsi with Jay Moore, and he was like, he, he at one point goes, yeah, I'm get, you get paid movie money for a day. Yuck! And they didn't even air it. They didn't air his. 
That's just that shows you how much. I mean, it's just like they had a giant Pepsi can, like that they use. They, I didn't realize they have these giant cans that they use to shoot, so they can make the can look perfect and like shoot it in the foreground. Like so, they make these big ass cans for mm-hmm. commercial shooting. And I was like, how much does it cost to make this can? The guy was like, Ugh. as much as it needs to. He was like, I don't know, seven eight grand. I was like, oh. whoa, dude. <laughs> it's so crazy because you'd think like, why not just you know, budget everything appropriately and we would save money and then we could also do more commercials or something, you know. Because the amount of money the companies put, they put in more than necessary anyway because that's one of the biggest expenses you have is advertising. It just seems crazy. So they're like, like, just throw a lot of money into it and then figure, they don't question it. But they could do it. I mean, they could get everyone for still cheaper. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I remember... I, I did an IBM campaign for like three or four years, and I remember telling my agent, I was like, do they realize they could save a bunch of money by just giving us an actual deal? But instead, they wanted, would just pay as they went, uh-huh. and because they, they want to be able to kill the campaign, I think, at any point and not have to pay for nothing. Okay. But they ended up spending so much more money because like at any moment, they wanted to kill it. It was always like, well, they're doing one maybe next month, and then maybe next month. They could have saved 50%. You also have to imagine oh, it's the competition between... Companies too. They go well. So and so's ad budget is like ten million a year. Yeah, well, ours is going to have to be fifteen. Or let's say for like yeah. car commercials, they used to like not necessarily be shot like in the mountains of Colorado. Where, you know, like some the, the yeah. newest Lexus is like tearing through the. It would be like in front of a green screen or just in like a studio. It would be spinning around. And then it would be, it would have to get more impressive and more expensive and more expensive. Well, then eventually they're shutting down downtown LA, yeah, yeah, yeah. getting professional race car drivers. <laughs> right. I did a, a commercial, twenty million dollar commercial, a commercial yeah. campaign for Subaru, and we were on we were out of town for ten days. I remember that. Did to you, where like the, I mean hotels. Well, you were out of town for ten days. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess they were shooting that. It was all like Northern California flights. Driving like yeah. fucking hotels for fifty some odd people, oh, yeah. like the you know multiple cars, all this shit. It was insane. And then this entire time, it's like there's a mountain right here. Yeah, it's like you could have figured that out. But the, oh, yeah. the, the, the guy who cheaper. directed it was sort of a big deal director because he did that one Volkswagen commercial with the kid dresses Darth Vader. Okay, and he wanted to. Sh- he was from that area. He's like he wanted to. Sh- he's a yeah. really famous director of photography. And he wanted to shoot it in that area because he's kind of from there and he knew it, like Santa Rosa and all these pretty roads. So he was just like, well, we got to do it here. And they were like, well, all right, fine. Oh, I could see that. I could see they were like, well, there's just one stretch of road where it's just that that little bit better than yeah. over here. So yeah. we're going to spend like 500 grand more to take everybody there. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was insane. It's just slightly more picturesque than yeah. uh, this road right here. For a 30 second commercial. Yeah. Dude. It's crazy. Thank God. But it works. <laughs> it I works. mean, yeah, I'm not complete. Thank God. Thank I God know. for that excess. We were literally That's... sitting in a product of that excess. Like, thank <laughs> right. God. Thank you, thank you Subaru. Thank you, God. Yeah. yeah I've that. never. I've, I should have gotten into the commercial game. For that misguided spending. Thank thank everything in the universe. I'm so That's grateful. crazy, man. Yeah. Fuck. So crazy. But yeah, yeah the, I mean, you, you make a better living off commercials than you can off TV. Not anymore, but you could. For a minute, you really could. Well, there was that when I first got out here. It seemed like everyone was making me fifty Ari, grand off one commercial. Me and Ari <laughs> kind of caught that. Me and Ari caught the tail end of that. And uh, what's his name? Reap. Yeah, Reap did Reap, really Reap well. did real well. Reap oh, yeah. did really well. We caught the tail end of that. Like we did about as well as you could towards the end. Yeah, Ari was making like a good look. He, he was doing was, well. Well, because it was before they just stopped running anything on network. Because now you just run everything on cable and you make you get to more people. 
and they've yeah. never equalized that pay. So you get a, you get paid a tenth as much for running on cable versus a network. And new media is bigger than ever. Yeah. Well, it seems like now uh, movie actors are now going to television, and television actors are now taking the commercials. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And movie actors are doing commercials. <laughs> Everyone's just doing, yeah. <laughs> no, like Jim Parsons right now has some huge campaign for something. And you're like, dude, that kid's clocking... A million an episode. A million an episode, and he's still... But at the same time, you, I, you're kind of like, dude, how much money do you need? But if they come to you and are like, hey, do you want to make $4 million in like 12 hours? You're oh. like, yeah, I really do. Insane. You're like, that's yeah. the kind of thing where you're like, oh, I can buy that other house. You're like, no, I'll use all that money... If someone's like, we're going to give you $4 million bucks to do a thing that you won't like and is a little embarrassing, you're like, well, I'm going to take home $2 million bucks after taxes. I'm going to put that entire amount of money as a down payment on a house. So now I have the same house payment as I used to, but I live in a fucking a double palace. house. But the problem with that is like you'd have to keep doing more commercials to pay for your second house. That's what so Chris honest. Rock said. He goes, if you look at the real estate section, whoever buys that $6 million house... It's like a matter of a year before they start doing really shitty movies just to pay for yeah. it. It's true. Yeah. It's Think true. of the taxes on that thing. Dude, property tax. 60 grand a year? Yeah. No, yeah. 72 grand a year. 72. 70, yeah, 74? It's it's 1%. It's like so 1%. It's, yeah, so 6, six million. times 12. Yeah, 74. So fucking crazy. That's 72, crazy. Sorry. I'd rather have a modest house and like a fucking I'd rather be liquid. super cool car. Yeah, I'd rather be completely <laughs> liquid. Dude, yeah. it's fucking, the house thing is rough. It's 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 the uh, it's one of those like a... burdens, but you don't really see it until you own a house. You realize like, holy shit, this is a high maintenance thing. Yeah, it isn't just you buy one and then that's it. It's over. Yeah, well, no you more money. No one tells spent. you how often or how soon you'll have. Like I, this house was new. It was rebuilt new, and like I've had it seven years, and now I have to like start repainting everything and redoing a yeah. bunch of shit. We... And, and that stuff isn't like five hundred bucks. <laughs> it's yeah. like hey like for me to re- get everything redone to where it should be is like 10 grand oh yeah yeah, yeah. we had uh when i we lived moved out of our motel my grandmother gave us her old house in town and it was like an old fucking mansion it was like 36 rooms had like Wait, for real yeah it had Holy a servant's shit. bell in the dining room at the head of the table in the Whoa. carpet you push the floor in the carpet like Right where the guy would sit, you push a bell, it rings a bell in the, the kitchen. Get the fuck out of here. So, Are you from some weird old rich family? I'm not. No. My mom was like, a, my mom was raised during World War II in, like, in Germany and then like came over here when she was 28 with my dad. And then my, my grandparents had money, but like, I mean. So th- that was their house. They, yeah, they yeah. Built so, that and we were living in a small motel and there was like four kids, uh-huh. two parents. We had like a. We had a trailer that was connected to the end of the... There was like an apartment behind the motel that was connected. Like you walk in the office and then there's a door marked private and then that's our living room. Wow. And and so then uh, my grandparents are like, well, you're going to need a bigger house and we're moving. We had a farm that they had. Well, they had a farm. And so they moved out to the farm and gave us their big old house. 36 room, man. Yeah. It was like turn of the century. How old were you when you moved in there? I was 10 when I moved Whoa. in there. So, so it's crazy. That must have been such a fucking weird switch. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. night and day. But yet yeah, we still had the motel. And it's like, you know, my parents still work seven days a week. And yeah. like we had a farm we were running and a motel. So it's like we we're definitely earning our keep. And the house probably right. didn't really feel like theirs. It's like you still couldn't like. 
Well, my mom, re- my mom's like she redid the whole thing with you know like all the furniture and everything. So okay. she was like big into like interior design and stuff. But yeah, it was uh, six thousand square feet and like <laughs> it was fucking crazy. Everyone Jesus. eight bathrooms. Everyone had their own bathroom. <laughs> there was a bathroom in that house. I only went to the bathroom in twice. <laughs> wow. And so yeah, it was uh, it was that's, a weird. Yeah, that's thing. a lot of space. How many square feet is this place? Fourteen hundred, thirteen hundred. Tiny. S- wow. It's tiny. So, yeah, so we went from like, yeah, I, I, we lived in a place that was about, it was like six of us and like 1,400 square feet. And then we went That's to like That's some shit 6, where you 000. don't see your sister for a couple of days. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, when you're, a, like, when you're a kid getting your teens, it's like a pretty good area because you can go do you what you need to do in privacy. Like yeah. three years in, you'll be like, I never knew this room was here. For like, real. It's a yeah. brand new room you discover. <laughs> you definitely, there's probably a closet you never found. Oh, I'm sure. And there, it, it was weird because it had all these storage places under the staircases. Yeah. It had like a wall that would look like a wall, but then you push on it and it's a, and it's a door that goes into like another room. Get the fuck So it was like really here. a cool place. That's cool. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, there it was now? fun. Uh, it's a bed and breakfast. Oh, cool. My parents moved out here a couple years ago and they sold it and now it's a bed and breakfast. Wow. Oh, so they were, stayed in that house this entire time. My parents? Yeah, in the, the 36 room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Up until they oh, moved wow. out here. My dad has been living in that house, or had lived in that house since the 50s. Did he have a falcon room? He did have a falcon room. <laughs> no, he had the falcon stayed at the motel. Was there All like right. a legit gun room? Oh, yeah. Dude, we had a, yeah. We're gun collectors. <laughs> oh, sweet. We had a fucking gun room. On the third floor, there okay. was a, a door, locked door. You open it up, and it's just a wall of rifles and shotguns. And then just shelf after shelf of handguns and machine guns. How many total guns would you guess, estimate? Like when my, like when we were younger and like before my brother like took his guns and went his yeah, yeah. way and then, yeah. I don't know, 25 shotguns and rifles probably, probably like 30 handguns, varying machine Fuck. guns and stuff. Machine guns. Yeah, we had a fully automatic Mac 11 with a silencer. My dad had a federal permit to hold... A silencer and a fully automatic weapon. How do you get one of those? A federal permit? You have to apply for it. And he owned a lot of guns, so they're like, oh, he's like a, gu- he's a ton he's a of stuff. Guy, yeah. And he had he bought a Mac 10 uh, before they outlawed him, and those you could convert into being fully automatic very easily. Wow. So, But shooting a fully automatic Mac 11, the silencer, is like... Great. It's, uh, <laughs> it feels like... It almost feels like nothing. Have it's, you ever shot a gun? Okay. No, I, you would remember. No, no, I have. <laughs> but I no, mean, like maybe. I've shot. I've shot. I shot a Desert Eagle, but bl- with, whoa, with blanks doesn't count. But still, that's a big gun. It was like, a big up fucking to, man. gun. It was a big gun. And is I that a fifty like, caliber? I don't remember, but I had to like. It was on a show, and I had to pretend I was like going insane. So I'm like screaming and shooting this Desert Eagle with blanks, and then but I shot a twenty two rifle. In, okay. in, in my friend's farm and we like threw a life preserver in their like little lake yeah. and we're shooting at the life preserver into the lake and then his dad goes to like next day buy bullets the guy's like what are you shooting at and he's like oh we're just shooting into a lake the guy's like wait you're shooting 22 bullets into a lake he's like you can't do that he goes why he goes the bullets are too light they ricochet off the water and i remember while we're shooting him we'd be like <laughs> hilarious you hear like and then you hear like it was the bullet skipping, just ricocheting skipping. off the water That's into someone else's fucking farm. That's wow, great. we're basically just shooting bullets into someone else's land for like an hour. That's hilarious. That's great. And because like, and his wife, his wife was like, 
what is that noise? Like, it sounds like you're hitting. We're like, no, nah, no, nah, it's impossible. Like, literally, we shot probably. <laughs> probably a guy who's, like, dead. Or shot literally, in his arm. He's like, what happened? We probably shot on the low end, like, 20 rounds into just. And those things go a long ways. Oh, yeah. You got to watch where you're aiming that sort of stuff. Yeah. Idiots. But, no, I don't think I've ever shot a proper, well, like, handgun with a bullet. Yeah, but. The 22? By the way, worst aim. The worst, I could, I was, I was missing yeah. a life preserver that was less than twenty feet away. It's tough if you don't know exactly how to, you know, aim. Oh, and I like shot, a, I shot a machine. I shot some kind of machine gun with blanks for Knight Rider. Like I had like a, it was like an automatic, and it probably had like twenty rounds. And I remember I had to shoot it, and it would just, you know, as soon as you pull the trigger, it would just go. Brrr, and I would run out of bullets way too soon every time. So the prop guy was like, "Look, you got to keep <laughs> shooting." throughout this scene and you're just you're tearing through these bullets because i would just grip it once and i'd run out of bullets oh dude those things go through like fully automatic guns it's like way faster than you think yeah and then like i also was so i was so unused to doing it the the director goes you got to remember you're a bad guy you got to look like you've shot a gun before so like my eyes would go completely wide i'd be like (laughs) yeah like literally don't squint when you shoot (laughs) yeah Yeah, i looked (laughs) i looked so unnatural don't turn away from the target yeah because i had to do a thing don't say sorry afterwards (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh my god like i had to like do like a sideways running military style where i'm like run like like i'm just like spurts you're like yeah spurts and every the first four takes i just go and be out of bullets and so i was just like pantomiming shaking the gun like i was still yeah. shooting oh whoa yeah and i was like oh they'll just put in yeah. you know burst post of, of, you can uh, put the the flash of the and muzzle I, I was like can you just put in the burst he's like that would cost us like thirty thousand dollars no just don't <laughs> shoot as many bullets dummy i was not so good at being fun. a bad guy with a gun I got out of a helicopter. I like the I, you t- type or casting you as the bad guys. I, I when I auditioned for it, I didn't know I was supposed to be the bad guy, and I only found out like once I got the job, and I was like, "Oh, weird." And at one point, I had to get out of a helicopter, and I forgot to take my seatbelt off, so it was like full on like jump out, get caught, get pulled back in. <laughs> so I ruined it. I ruined a take with a helicopter. Like probably cost a thousand bucks. That's fucking great. <laughs> The helicopter guy kept was on my ass. Like, if you slam this door too hard, it's eleven grand. Just so you know, I was like, "Fuck you, dude. I don't care. This is my problem." <laughs> You played the pimp and the daddy knows best. Uh, oh, yeah. I that was great. It's you had some guns in that. Did I have a gun? Yeah, you had two guns in your waistband. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're wearing a sweater. <laughs> yeah. You just lift up your sweater. A These sweater got two guns. vest, yeah. That's Who funny. is the prostitute? Uh, this is comedian Andrew DeWitt. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, yeah, I remember. He's a trans transvestite. Transgender prostitute. I never saw that. You didn't? No. It's funny. You should take a look at it. Okay. I remember it being funny. You were funny in it. Thanks. You're like, you go on me, I might keep you for myself. Oh, yeah. Didn't I slap him on the ass? Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to shoot a gun. I'm not like, I'm not super into guns, but I completely get the like, oh, no, when you get one in your hand, you're shooting. Yeah. It's like, feels good. Just the power. It's awesome. The amount of power. This is cool. It sucks out here. Is that like, I mean, you go to shooting range, but like, it's I, you know I would go to a, I, we would just grab some ammunition and we would just go out to our farm and we had like a dump and we had all these old trucks there and we would just shoot the trucks yeah with yeah. everything so we're just like blowing holes in it that's extreme <laughs> other fun. dudes with machine guns would come down that live nearby yeah yeah and they would just fucking start shooting like that trucks. sounds incredibly fun like, oh yeah incredibly fun yeah, there's nowhere to do that here. No, the gun. I, I tried to go to a shooting range. My friend tried to take me for my birthday, and she didn't realize. We neither one of us knew anything about guns. And the guy was like, "Which one of you has gun experience?" We were like, "Uh, we were hoping there'd be a class." And he was like, "You guys can't do this." And and it also was like the you know some boring 
room and burn you know like it's with pretty targets. stupid yeah it's not fun you have to like sit take those safety classes is just like it's like taking traffic safety it's like it's yeah. all very self-explanatory yeah i want to shoot like a, a machine gun yeah to come or back like to a, Indiana. a gatling gun or a chain gun yeah, like, like lay, where you lay down i want to lay down <laughs> i want to lay down and shoot the gun you know you like sniper, sniper style sniper style <laughs> sniper style do you guys ever play paintball Oh yeah, no, I never did. Fucking yeah. love paintball. Paintball's so fun. All dude. my friends ha- really were into it. I never did it. I did it like two or three times when we were able to get big groups of people. So yeah, it would it's cost really us hard to get it. It's also we're- fucking expensive. Well, I, well, yeah. I was sure if you didn't have a big group, you'd have to play with like the local dudes who were just like ringers and would kick the shit out of you, and it wasn't fun. Oh, those dudes were pro. We had a Nike missile base like in the town over from me. It was like mm-hmm. the where they built like Nike missiles, and then yeah, they yeah. decommissioned it. So there's just all these old buildings. So then you would play there. These abandoned, there'd be like fucking uh, boards with nails and shit. You know, yeah. it's like there's no liability, I don't think, going on there. <laughs> Seriously, dangerous. and there was like hardcore dudes in there. Yeah. You would have to fire at a target before you went in to play to make sure that you weren't freezing your paintballs. Whoa, wow, yeah, because there's like a problem with dudes Assholes. like getting real crazy. That's fucking crazy. We Why should do you- a gun episode where we find some place where we can shoot guns. The L.A. Gun Club downtown. No, 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 but I want to shoot. Oh, you a, mean like a... Yeah, like a machine gun. Silmar has the, a good outdoor shooting range. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, I've got some guns. I want to shoot oh, like Oh, yeah, a, you have I want to shoot like a milk jug. You know, like things that... Oh, you want to go out? Oh, we can go out to the desert, but we have to drive pretty far. Where we go, where my brother-in-law, our, our brother-in-law and I go uh, riding our quads... We run into a lot of areas where people have been shooting up uh, things. When I oh, would go to cool. the desert when I was a kid... I don't know who had a gun, but there was like a gun being shot at things. I, I think maybe you can hear dad. it. Yeah, we would. We didn't have quad runners yet. This was ATCs, three, ATCs, the three reelers. Oh, three wheel. Oh, that was before the uh, before the twenty twenty episode where yeah. they were saying people were like. <laughs> dying. All they did was tip over, but they were like right. those really small ones. Like three wheelers are awesome. Oh, dude, they were so. Cool. I loved them. I bet, but they were so tiny. They were like those the smallest ones available. They were for kids, like fifty cc. Yeah, but you could flip them. Like the you, you a as soon as you hit the gas hard, you popped a wheelie. Like they were just <laughs> yeah. the worst design. As soon thing. as you turned, it would roll. Yeah, you would roll them, but they were so small you could jump off when you were rolling them. They were fucking fun. You just do burnouts all the time. That's a, as a kid, I think uh, we had a motorcycle and a go kart and a snowmobile when we were little kids. We were Whoa. desert people, so we'd go to the desert every year, and there was like us. I had like they, we had like a seventy five Yamaha little like you know those bubble tire motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah, my dad had some crazy Honda thing, like a dirt bike, and then you know he'd go off dirt biking with like the men, and then me and my brother would hang back and like ride the seventy five around. Awesome, it all was you, fun. All you needed was like an ultralight, you know the the airplanes. Oh, uh, right. with those? oh yeah. They, I see a lot of those. Were in those the ones desert, where they, they get them. pulled and then they go up? No, or they those... had like enough engine to get in the air and then it would glide. Well, you could glide in them, but they would have like a snowmobile engine on the back with like a propeller. Okay, and yeah. then it would be like I think I call it dra- dracon yeah. cloth over the wings. I was obsessed with them, <laughs> like still am. Dude, the desert was cool. You the really desert could still do, is cool. You, you can do whatever anything you want. you want. Yeah, you could just go out there and break things and throw it's rocks out and, there. It's quiet. <laughs> You're like you can do whatever you want. You can throw things. Yeah. You can throw rocks and stuff. You can do that in your backyard. Yeah, you but it wasn't the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you know what that the you desert. Pick the two things you can do <laughs> anywhere. You could sit in a chair. Yeah. It's like no one bothers yeah. you. you <laughs> the desert reminds me of the state of Indiana. Like it's yeah. lawlessness. You could just do whatever the fuck you want, and nobody. 
You can blow up shit. You can do whatever you need. Yeah, to no do. one's around for yeah. fucking miles and miles. Fuck. Blowing stuff up is so great. Oh, don't even get me started on blowing stuff up. I've told this a million times, but yeah, I, I, that was like my specialty was blowing <laughs> shit up. I would get quarter sticks, and I smuggled when I went to Mexico for spring break. I drove there from Indiana, and I brought back a stick of dynamite. And I blew up a piece of playground equipment across the street from my house. Yeah. yeah. Great. Great. Blowing Great. shit up and guns, it's just... Blowing yeah. shit up is the best. It's just... And I don't even think it's like a dude thing. I think if you took women out and were like, we're going to blow stuff up, they'd be like, "This, that was awesome. If there oh, were yeah. ever... I've always said this. If there were ever like a zombie apocalypse or some kind of scenario like that, you're the first person I'm going to. Because you know how to do this shit. Like, I you have, have no guns. Idea. You know how to blow things up. You, you have, you've literally, we've had conversations about this where you have thought it out, where, what to oh, do yeah. and where to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I even have, uh, I have food. I have, like, a five-gallon bucket full of dehydrated food. Yeah, you have a jump pack it. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And all we have to do is head up to the mountains, yeah, get a good yeah. river. We can get the water I clean. I have a cabin we can live in. And there we are. Post-apocalyptic cabin. Yeah, we're all set. We the need three our dirt. Of us. We're going to need dirt bikes to get guys. out of town. Right. But other than that, we should be good. <laughs> do you store gas? Tell the truth. No, you have, like, I don't. A gas but container gas? we had a farm. We had like huge oh, yeah, gas yeah, yeah. tanks yeah, totally. and stuff. Right. So that, that was like the ultimate place if there was going to be an apocalypse to go to. God. Oh, yeah, yeah. You want to get the fuck out of a city. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is the stuff. this is where Blowing you go to stuff die. up is important. Like it's always in the in doomsday movies. Are like we need to go to L.A. Or like they always go to a city. Yeah, it's like you want to get because that's where obviously the action is going to be in the movie. But in real life, it's like let's go to the mountains and live quietly forever. Like that's how you do it. Yeah, you go to the big city after you've established your camp to like find chicks to bone. Like, <laughs> I have all this cool shit out in the fucking country. <laughs> so like you come with me and like only thing you have to do you have to fuck us. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. You can live there. And everything's great. We'll repopulate the earth slowly. Yeah. Well. I don't know if we want kids, but oh, okay. <laughs> I'll be pulling out a lot. Yeah, let's keep it casual for a yeah, while. Is, until, you know, we see yeah. if this thing's going to work out or not. <laughs> see who else is I'm alive not, I'm not really in a hurry to repopulate anything, even if there's an apocalypse. Well, like, you don't want to commit to a woman when there's, like, no people left, even. Yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm still a little uh, like, commitment-phobic and a little adverse to, like, yeah. having children. I heard there's, like, three other chicks a couple states yeah. over, so we're just going to keep this cash. <laughs> you imagine, it's just you and a girl, and she's like, so we should have kids to repopulate their theory. like. Well, like, that's whoa, you know cleaner. we like to go down to the river a lot, and like yeah. we're not gonna be able to do that if we have kids. And, you know, <laughs> right. We like to crush rocks and yeah. stuff. We're not gonna be able to do that as much. Yeah. <laughs> like no matter what the scenario is, you're like it's really gonna just hamper like what we enjoy yeah. doing, which is like hunting big game. We're still young. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not gonna be able to climb those trees anymore. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and our, our berry picking that's gonna go by the wayside yeah we have to split it in three a, ways in a zombie apocalypse what's your car first car what do you go with car i'm going motorcycle or ultralight what about weather dude what if it's like bad oh, weather dude, i don't care i dude i used to drive a motorcycle on ice <laughs> you're gonna fall wow. over a lot but i mean you do that's you need very little gas yeah. So you could you could find enough gas, but it also yourself. carries very little gas. Yeah. So your range is it also is carries small. very little things. You yeah. Can't, like trans. But I mean, what would you? I think the ultimate is probably going to be your ultimate getaway vehicle is a is going to be a Prius if you can if you can jack it up, mm-hmm. throw some big ass tires on it. it doesn't right. I feel like electricity is the first thing to go. But if you have the Prius, you, all you have is the high. You've got the hybrid, so you're just running on gas. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. the gas. But you'll power. get like 50 miles to the gallon. But ultimately, I would say an ultralight 
airplane is going to be your best getaway. You need okay. very little space to take off. Helicopter, though. Yeah, but helicopter requires a lot of maintenance. Okay. Yeah. And it's going to require a lot of fuel. And it's, you can't park it close enough to like a gas station. True. And they're super loud. Yeah. That's You're going to have people throwing rocks into your blades and stuff. Right. Yeah. Whereas an ultralight, you can just kind of cruise by. You see a bad area, you don't want to go notice, turn off the engine, just glide over it, turn the engine back on. You can literally land on a street, pull up to a gas station, fill her up, and you're off again. I wish someone would make like a, a TV show about like a more realistic take on post-apocalypse where it wasn't all just like fighting zombies and drama shit. The it's Walking like, Dead. But is, do they have like, it's just day-to-day problems? Oh, yeah. It's the most boring show on TV. Oh. It's like fucking them <laughs> sitting around talking about their feelings. There was, there was a season where it got a little rough, but they're, they're back to like action now. Are they? There was a season where I go, okay, this, well, this might be two over. was that. They just sat on a farm and yeah. they all cried. And waited like, That was the them. whole season. Yeah. Or just like I would, lo- I'd be interested in seeing just like the the day to day challenge of like food, fuel, things like that. Like, oh, we got to go to this yeah. place to find that. That to me would be kind of. They cover a lot of that in The Walking they, Dead. They do, yeah. It is pretty just, much their yeah. whole thing is like. I, to I find would take food out the water. zombies. Like, I almost want a version that isn't zombies. It's just like post nuclear, without anything zombie-ish or fucking aliens or none right. of that shit. Just like, what would it actually be like? Nothing supernaturalish. No, nothing supernatural. Right. Just like now we gotta. There's no. We can't go over there. We get too close. To the, like I'd be. I'd be kind of into like the daily challenge. The zombies kind of represent that thing in in The Walking. Walking Dead, where they're not like, they, like for a good season and a half, they're in a prison, and they're the zombies are literally like on the other side of the fence, and they're not even addressed that often. Huh. Yeah, so they're just like, yeah, well, we can't go outside because of the zombies anyway, and then they go back to like, how are we going to eat? Where are we going to live here forever? It's like Cheers. It's the backdrop <laughs> is a bar. Yeah, but the drama right. is the patrons. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So the backdrop is zombies, but it's the all the interpersonal is, drama. The gr- have you read all the graphic novels? No. Those are those are great. Those are fantastic. Nerd, nerd. Yeah, nerd. Um, no one saw that sentence coming out of your mouth instead of mine coming. That was a surprise. What do you mean? Have you yeah, read all the graphic nerd, novels? You read what a nerd. Have you read all the graphic novels? Seems like it's probably a thing I would. They're really have said good for you. Um, Audio books. That's what I do. Do you? Yeah. I don't read very well, so I, I can't. <laughs> I can't pay attention to audiobooks. I'd rather read it. <laughs> I'm horribly dyslexic. Oh, yeah. So it's such a pain in the ass to read. So, yeah. oh, so you must, audio. when the day they came out with audiobooks, you were like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I was right. like, this yeah, is great. Yeah, because you sound like a smart dude, but the fact you can't, you have to hear it. You can't read it. Yeah, yeah. I was never, I was, I'm a visual guy and like an audio. Like, yeah. it's, it takes like, I saw this thing on dyslexia. And it takes like, where one person just reads, it's one step. With dyslexic people, it's like five different steps in your brain, and it's just very it's draining. Exhausting, yeah, probably. it's like totally exhausting. One of the See, one things I think of you a lot is you're one of the only people I saw get like genuinely get under Ari's skin, <laughs> where he couldn't take when you. It was something about his ass pussy, and you could like yeah. you just tortured him <laughs> to the point where he finally snapped and like couldn't, and he like got mad for real. I was like, wow, you he, fun with someone did it. <laughs> Like he couldn't take this prank. Like he couldn't take. I remember that. He couldn't that. take the treatment anymore. <laughs> that was like great. he just you got. And I don't even. I don't know why. How it came up. I didn't, didn't know the context at all. <laughs> you guys wouldn't stop talking about Ari's ass pussy, and it just drove him nuts. In La Jolla, he pulled his pants down and spread his butt cheeks in the middle of the street. And he's like, "I don't have it. It's not there." And we're like, "Dude, we're looking at it right now." <laughs> he, just, he lost it. That's you always call me the boy that cried sarcasm. That's what I you did. Know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Always the you I could never. I was like, you could you. never say something sincere to me because I would never <laughs> believe it. Like yeah. you've, I, I mean, I think you're hilarious. I like you a lot, but I'm like, I would never believe anything you say 
because yeah. you're too sarcastic all the time. Like when you'd be like, "Hey, Christy, good set." I'd be like, "Dude, there's nothing yeah, I could have." You got mad you, at one point. We were talking about the show that you were on, and we were said, "Hey, Kevo, don't be a stick in the mud," which was a line from the show. I remember you just finally got so pissed. I don't remember me. what show. When you were on Good Girls Don't. Oh, right. <laughs> so we would just like, because anytime people were on stuff, we would just watch it, Jeff and I, so that we could memorize lines, so that we could do the lines to people. <laughs> so we watched every episode of Good Girls Don't because we're like, oh, in case we ever get in any sort of problem or situation, we can always bring this stuff up and do lines for people because we know I that always remember pisses th- them I just off. remember you guys working the back door and I'd get off stage and be like, killer set. I'd be like, you didn't watch. Yeah, you did say that to you. Go, yeah. don't say that because you didn't even see it. <laughs> right? I would do that to everybody. A lot of people would Dude, be like, "You'd be like totally rocked," and I'm like, "You didn't listen to a word." And I, I apologize because you're sitting on that back. You know, you're just looking for ways to entertain yourself. Oh yeah. But you were the, some guys would be like, "Really? Did you see it?" I was like, "Oh yeah, dude, you totally crushed." <laughs> and I didn't see like, "Oh, thanks, man. That's awesome." And I didn't yeah. see a, yeah. a fucking single thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, a, f- a few times it unnerved me where I snapped. Yeah, you did. And if, if I had like a bad set and I was already mad at myself, you'd be like, "Good job, buddy." I'm like, Fuck <laughs> you, man. That's a pretty good impression. <laughs> like, of a you you did either you didn't watch or you're just shitting on me. <laughs> yeah, it would be to, yeah just to kill time. <laughs> I mean, I had dude, I I had to rec- like your ability to get under people's skin very respectable. It's I wish that you could somehow parlay that into profits in yeah. Hollywood, <laughs> but dude. You, it's the consistency where your your delivery has never changed <laughs> to where everyone's like, you can't believe anything O'Neill says ever. <laughs> Oh. Do you have anything speaking of parlaying that into Hollywood stuff? Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh not yet. Um maybe I could come on again. I will have something to plug, okay. hopefully yeah, coming up. Come on whenever you want. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I lo- I'm glad you guys brought me on to talk about cars because I don't get to talk about cars yeah. very often. Yeah, yeah Nick was neither, saying really. he's like O'Neill usually takes a really long time to text back. He texts me back like immediately. Oh well now yeah. that I have a new phone. Okay. Ten seconds. Yeah, after yeah. I text you like boom, like, oh wow. Well, my old phone was that, like, it was a it's burner a phone, because yeah. yeah. I didn't like people tracing my whereabouts or, like, my okay. number. Yeah. And so, texting, you know, you'd have to hit, like, the three buttons to get to, like, T-9. the T. Yeah. Right, right. And I was like, fuck. So, it was such a pain in the ass to text people you, back. I love you get a burner phone, like, anyone's <laughs> tracking you. We gotta <laughs> find in my head, I'm that important. Where I'm we like, gotta find so out who's many. writing these sketches. <laughs> 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 I feel like, I feel like my past is gonna catch up to me, and, like... Somehow people are going to try to track me down. So I just try to stay off the grid, which is the stupidest thing ever because I'm trying to have a career in entertainment or your name and face will be all over projects. (laughs) I finally got rid of that whole like paranoia. Part of that's growing up in Indiana where you're always like, you know, I don't know. There's you're you're doing borderline in a militia at all times. Yeah, more or less. So you're like, got to stay off the grid. Right, but dude, I was like that. I, I've said this before. Like, I for, I refused to get a bank account when I turned eighteen. I would take all my <laughs> paychecks and cash them at the check cashing place at the corner of Vermont yeah. and Sunset. Put Just getting hosed for like nine percent. And I literally said to my dad, I was like, I don't want the government knowing how much money I got. He was like, You're retarded. Like, yeah. what are you? You're, that you're sounds like me. Yeah, you're like, but except I said that to my dad, he'd be like, You're right. You don't want the government <laughs> to know how much. Get out of the banking system now. That's yeah. so great, dude. You got we. You have to come back on and just tell stories. About about, about Steve O'Neill, oh, legend, yeah. and you guys' <laughs> relationship because there's so fucking many, dude. Oh, it's crazy, yeah. There's so many, it's hilarious. The best sets I've ever had is when you guys are in the back of the yeah. room asking about Steve O'Neill stories, doing requests, yeah. yeah. And they're so uh, fucking funny. 
It's just crazy. All right, this battery's gonna die. We're okay. almost we're almost at two hours, but okay. this has been good. Shit. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, man. I'm glad this one of our longer me over, guys. Time flew by. Car stuff. I yeah, hope yeah. Uh, I hope your audience is into car stuff because it got a little like crazy. It got that a little number heavy on cars and oh, years. Yeah, really, and yeah, yeah. I think people we like kind of kept it light. People like yeah. it when we get specific, so this was good. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And if I'm wrong on any of the things I said about cars, please. Oh, they will uh, hit hit me They'll up. Be like actually, yeah. also get a <laughs> at, life at Danish and O'Neill on Twitter. If there you got anything you want to say, um, spell that. It's uh, Danish D A N I N S H and A N D and then O'Neill O N E I L L. Okay, perfect. And then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did, what about no? Uh, Daddy's Daddy knows best. Is that still yeah. available for people to watch? Oh yeah, you can watch you Daddy that knows up. best. Uh, it's on a ver- like a variety of different places. I okay. don't even know. I probably YouTube is the best place. Okay. Because Steve Renazizi's in that. Yeah. Steve. You guys wrote and directed. Yeah. We wrote and directed it. Yeah. And and we have we hopefully we'll have another web series starring the Danish and myself coming out soon. Oh cool. And hopefully bigger news. Dude, that would be great, man. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you again for doing this. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. You guys Thanks, for having dude. me, man. Fuck it was yeah, fun. man. Awesome.